step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I don't know what you I don't know what you had in mind. But here we stand on opposing sides. Let's go to war. is War Wrestling Authority Radio with your host Chaotic Katie The Voice Paul Eubanks The Dean of Wrestling Referees Steve Kane and Sadistic Sean David Lock and Load Wrestling Fans It's time for War I'd like to welcome each and every one of you live inside the ER. It's time for Wrestling Authority Radio. I am Sadistic Sean David. Tonight, we will be joined by Pinfall Wrestling Association, Scott County Wrestling, Trevor Murdoch, and Mike Knox. It's going to be a loaded night, ladies and gentlemen, and it's going to start in just a couple minutes. Yupity yup yup. Well, he's yep, Sadistic Sean well. David. He's Sadistic Sean David. Uh, who are you? I'm, I know who I am. I'm who the Dean of Wrestling Referee, Steve Kane. And who are you? Who am I? Hold on a second. Okay, that's not me. That's Okay, that was me last week. That'll be me tomorrow. Oh, 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 shit. I'm a Keanu Katie. The reason why this show will never be a bag of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've had a really good So who were, you, who were you last night? And who are you going to be tomorrow, then? The reason why the show wasn't a bag of balls, and tomorrow night will be the reason why the show isn't doesn't smell like ass. And, <laughs> you know, he puts me on the spot. Got to come up with something quick, you know. <laughs> um, we have. You're the, you're the one who said last night and tomorrow, so, you know, hey. You're right. You put yourself you're right. on the spot. You're, you're right. Thanks, hubby. <laughs> All right, let Sean talk before he explodes. Brock Lesnar's new deal was rumored to be up at the 2019 Royal Rumble pay-per-view. But that appears not to be the case. WWE have locked him in for multiple events, which 
which will him allow will bleh, which will allow him to work for UFC. Well, he still, but he's still got a uh, suspension that he's got to finish serving. So he's not going to be over there uh, anytime real soon. What's his suspension for? What was his suspension for? Was it for steroids? Or what was it for? <laughs> Yeah. Because yeah. well, he's got a nice illegal illegal substances uh, before yeah. the fight at uh, UFC 200. Yeah, because now he has a neck. He never used to have a neck. Now he has a neck. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he psych- He had to cycle down, folks. Well, I wonder if he got any bitch tits. That'd be hilarious. Bitch tit Brooks. Yep. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be great. I hate him, okay? I haven't liked him since he started. It's just, I don't know. He seems to get more privileged than anybody else. He doesn't seem to think that he has to work with anybody else. He's even said on Stone Cold's podcast, he doesn't give a damn about anybody in the back. He's there to do him and nothing else. And that's it. He don't give a shit about any of y'all. Nothing. He doesn't care about the fans. He just doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't give a shit. Well, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a minute. Uh, our two oh, spotlights tonight, as you'll see in the poster, <coughs> excuse me, and the posters in the slideshow, are Pinfall Wrestling Association with Art of War this weekend in Springfield, and Scott County Wrestling, run by the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. Yes, that training school that is owned. Or co-owned by that long-haired guy you see on TV on Monday night. We'll talk about their event, which will be the following week, next weekend in Walcott, Iowa. Okay then, good. All right, All right. and I think we know who this is. Okay, so, area code twenty-seven. Who's that? There he is. He is. He is our. Uh, our uh, part-time correspondent, and uh, tonight he's going to be talking to us Crimey. about uh, Pinfall Wrestling Association. Hey, Crimey, what's up, brother? So, are we talking about WWE crap stool tonight, or what, what are we talking about? Stuff and things. Yeah. No, nope, right. no. Nope. <laughs> nope, not tonight. That was, that was last night. You, yeah, Unless you weren't listening. No, I wasn't so. listening. Oh, you shit. Oh. What's the thing You missed us. You missed us crapping on WWE last night, which we yeah, did from I think WWE like crapped on for hours. months and months. Um, because I don't even know what direction they're going. Ugh. Well, guess what? Neither do they, obviously. <laughs> oh, it's real easy to figure. There's a right way. I mean, there they can't. I mean, they can't decide. They do can't it because decide of their own they can't decide who's face, who's heel, who's uh, supposed to be a champion, and who isn't. Well, and then they got to plan storylines beyond the next, beyond whatever self gratification they were going for. Apparently, yeah. The title on Lesnar that was like, oh, we're gonna put the title back on Lesnar because we can't give this new guy a chance. We can't milk a feud with, uh, I don't know, Braun and. And Drew McIntyre, who was supposedly the chosen one, or Vic, Vince McMahon's chosen one for quite some time, if we no. could have milked that for months well, all the way to WrestleMania. Yeah. But now well, we got to. Yeah, but Crimey, we found out. Crimey, we found out. This, uh, that, and the other. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, but we found out um, 
yesterday that uh, Strowman's operating with uh, with two bad wheels. So yeah, which probably explains why that uh, why that was such a disaster in Saudi Arabia, where it was mm-hmm. all one sided. Yeah, like like I said last night, Braun was. I just it was like they just told Braun lie down, just lie down. Yeah, and five F five. Yeah, you know. Like, oh, well, he pulled John Cena and Daniel Bryan from the card. They could have pulled Braun Strowman from the card if he was injured and just announced he's injured. Right. Then they wouldn't have like destroyed the monster and made him look like a choke artist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, it, it, it was a squash match. They jobbed him out straight up. Yeah. Wrong. Move. All right. So, PWA this weekend in Springfield, it's Art of War, and there's been some card changes. Uh, some we can talk about, some we can't. Oh, well, I don't know how much of the card I can talk about. Um, we ran in, and, uh, and I made the poster, and originally it was going to be Jake Parnell, the Hoogans, Michael Elgin were coming to PWA for this November show very early on. Like, right after I had the posters printed, I got a note from Jake Purnell that he got pulled to Combat Zone Wrestling, which was a great opportunity for him, but we had to make a makeup date for him. Uh, so that one was... And then we find out that uh, our champion, Dick Lander, has been is going to be wrestling involved or got pulled out of pulled and taken to evolve. He's gonna wrestle Joey O'Reilly in Chicago. Mm. So that was a that was fun and then there was a miscommunication uh with the hooligans about the schedule and they got double booked so had to go with the first party they booked with, so unfortunately that that was unfortunate. Okay, I got a screen. I'll be right back. The main event of the card is going to be, and you know how I feel about Loser Leaf Town. I'm not a fan yes. of the concept. But yeah, that is our main event. Especially in a is, local set. That's like, please. No, yeah. Um, Derek Moss will be, uh, Taking on uh, Central Illinois Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer, one of the, I guess, fathers of uh, pro wrestling in Central Illinois, Tom Arson. He started back in, well, he was one of the founders of um, what ultimately became New Midwest Wrestling back in like late 99. Um, wow. So these two are going to face off, and one of these two men is no longer going to be a part of PWA. Tom Arson has been at it for at least 18 years off and on. Derek Moss has only been at it for about seven or eight, but he's only 25 years old. So, And Tom Arson, of course, is getting close towards the end of his career, and this match was set up because he lost a championship to Derek Moss at Grand Wrestling Spectacle three years ago. He came out of the blue. I thought he had retired, but he came out of the blue and attacked Derek Moss at the end of uh, One Shall Fall after Derek Moss uh, lost 
to uh, Jake Lander for the uh, PWA Regional Heavyweight title. And the thing about that loss was Jake Lander had already wrestled twice and traveled about 200 miles that late afternoon evening, so he already had two matches. So Lander was not fresh. Derek Moss was fresh, but Lander still beat him. Yes. Quite a feat to do a triple shot in one day. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't I, think it's something that I would want to do, but that's the way it used to no, be, and that's the way some I've, of these guys do it. I've done I've done triples I've done triples in a weekend, but not uh, triples in one day. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to hold up on. I that. know we've kind of debated that topic, but this I think is an aberration and not going to be a rule. Just one show uh, was in the a- afternoon. One he did the opening match of another show, and then came back to Springfield to do the flat. That's how that how that worked. Um, Michael Elgin will be uh, in action at uh, Sinful Wrestling Association. It'll be his first appearance. I know he laid the challenge out to Jake Lander as a student versus teacher. He cut that promo that we. Video promo and um, oh, hello. Ever sorry about that. However, <laughs> that was before uh, we had this uh, revelation about McLander being involved. Yeah. For one night, he will be back. Lander will be back in December. If uh, we don't know when uh, the showdown between Lander and Elgin will take place, we hope it still happens. Um. We have two uh, shows in December, uh, the 8th in Springfield and the 15th in Jacksonville. And then the, um, what are we calling this, the co-production by PWA and Zero One. Uh, Pro Wrestling, Wrestling Force. Wrestling Force in Springfield on Sunday, the 16th. So it's going to be a really busy month, which is usually most promotions take December off, but Apparently, we're, we're not taking December off. We're going to be very busy. Um, yeah, huh. I reveal right. that Michael Elgin's opponent will be 24K, Jimmy Carrot. Jimmy Carrot uh, most recently had that wild match against Shank Barsini uh, over in um, by Champagne at uh, UWC uh, where he went diving off the yes. second floor, into Shank Barzini through a table. And you probably all saw that clip because that was shared pretty heavily. That mm-hmm. was a wild match. Garrett did come up short on that one. He has been uh, having a bit of a losing streak lately, but if he somehow manages to defeat Mike Logan, that's going to be a huge uh, victory uh, feather in his cap. Yes. Uh, we'll also see the debut of a new lady wrestler to Springfield by the name of Sophie King, and I believe that's uh, one of uh, came out of uh, the Elgin Dojo down in St. Louis, who uh, nice. joined with Van uh, Stone and okay. Rain Victoria, Lynn Ramsey, and I don't know if there's any other. I can't remember who else there was, but uh, she'll be making debut and wrestling Harley who uh, we mm. came out of the Pinfall Academy. Um, most recently, teamed with Victoria against Van Stone and Shauna Reed. 
Um, Edson Inc. will not have their opponents against the Hoogans. They will defend the titles in a triple threat against two other teams. And it'll be a fatal four-way uh, elimination match. And one other tag and one other singles match. So it'll be a seven-match card. Uh, okay. And I got the card. I read through the whole card and... I hope uh, everybody likes uh, likes uh, what has been set up in spite of uh, the absences we had to deal with. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be this Saturday in Springfield, Illinois. Uh, Street Street Gym. The clock bell time. Get your tickets early online by going to tiny.cc slash pwatix if you prefer to buy them online and you're traveling in. Um or you can get them at the door. The prices are the same. Um, right. And that's it. Uh, yes. For PWA. Uh, Is there anybody else running this weekend? Happening no, this weekend, good. and I'll run through them all. Uh, American Wrestling has their second-to-last show in LaSalle tonight at Columbus Hall. One more show after that, and then that's it for the – I don't know what wrestling. Well, wrestling's going to be held in LaSalle after that. Um, Glory Pro Wrestling on Sunday in Collinsville at the Columbus Plaza Banquet Center. That's an early start time, probably about 3 o'clock. Um, let's see what else is there. MMWA at their monthly show at the South Farmway Club. And uh, World Wrestling Entertainment comes to St. Louis on Tuesday the 13th at the Enterprise Center. For SmackDown. Yay. And Wrestling Over Everything in Cahokia slash Centerville at the River's Edge Community Center. That's on Sunday. So that's this weekend's shows in downstate Illinois. And PWA in Springfield. So All that's right. the rundown. Like it's pretty loaded um, in the area then. Great. All right. So what else is going on, gentlemen? What, am I chopped liver? I got boobs, you know, and, and, and a vagina. That means I'm not a gentleman. So acknowledge me, too. Thank you. Go oh speak up more, Katie. You're reminding me there. Oh, darling, when you guys are talking shop, what am I supposed to do? I'm not out there. I know nothing about what you guys are talking about because that's foreign to me. So I just let you guys talk shop a lot of the time. If there's something that I – if there's – if, if you're talking about a wrestler that I do know, yeah, I'm going to give my two cents with because that's what the fans' perspective says. But until then, I'm quiet. Well, you should know Michael Elgin. He's Canadian. Yeah, I know. Okay, hold on a second. You just made him, made him sound like he lives down the street from me, okay? You know, you know, he doesn't live down the street from me, but he was. Yeah, okay, I, uh, yeah, okay, okay, and I mean, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, see, do you know, see, do you know see, Rob, do you know Rob from down every, the street, every, right? Yeah. Right, see, every, in Canada, in Canada, every every Canadian knows every other Canadian, didn't you know that? That's right, man, that's right, don't channel, don't channel, yeah, I, I, I know, I know Jeff from Halifax, I know Jack from, uh, from, uh, from Montreal, you know, and, 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 uh, I know, I know, oh, 
crap. I, I know, I know Rob in here in Huron, Ontario, and um, I know, yeah, you know, now, now, now I, now I feel like Robber Room. You know, you know, now I feel like Robber you know, Room, and I see Katie, and I see Sarah, and I see Betty. Stop, okay? <laughs> and you know, and you know Nick the Newfie, right? <laughs> I have, oh, oh, everybody knows Nick the Newfie, and everybody knows Frenchie. Everybody, everybody knows Frenchie. Okay, everybody, we all know Frenchie. Well, we have some more news coming out of the Cottage Hills wrestling scene. It seems Uh-oh. that the Ring of Courage has closed. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yes. And the man running it has left RCW and resigned. Or retired, either way. Yes. So... That's uh, that's an interesting stuff. Yeah, boy, that really lasts long. Jeez. <laughs> but you can't. Hey, wrestling change. training. There's four wrestling schools down the St. Louis area. Harley Race has its wrestling school in Troy. The Ace Wrestling Academy, which is run by Cowboy Bob Orton in uh, East Karen Dallas, and. Michael Elgin's uh, Dojo in uh, somewhere in the St. Louis area, and uh, South Broadway Foot Club has a wrestling school, has their wrestling school as well, and there's four good choices in the St. Louis area. Yes, and if you want to train and you're in the Villa Park area, you can train with Brutal Bob Evans this Saturday in Villa Park, Illinois, for just thirty dollars. Special clinic? Yes, he's doing a clinic. Okay. So uh, you can, uh, you don't want to miss out on that. 30 bucks. You can train with Brutal Bob Evans, and he promises to turn your career around. So this is an opportunity. We've had Brutal Bob on this show, probably one of the brightest men uh, we've had on this show ever. Uh, the guy knew his stuff. Katie and well, Steve can hey. for that. Yes, yeah. yes, well, indeed. I mean, hey, hey, Ring of Honor doesn't hire schmoes, that's for sure. Oh, hell no. Oh, no, 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 no. I love you, Jeff Cobb. <laughs> 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 Sorry, man, I'm still having Cobb dreams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. And and soon, well, but wait, 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 wait. Well, but soon I'll be soon I'll be having punishment Martinez dreams. Yes, yes, well, I will. Again. Actually, 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 I'm watching him right now. Well, watching oh. his alter ego Matanza. Crap. Oh, crap. Yeah, because because uh, tonight is the finale of uh, Lucha Underground for this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Matanza's doing his last little bit, I guess, huh? So yeah, yeah. Oh, you'll have to you'll have to see the outfit he he uh, came to the ring in, Katie. You will flip. Oh, okay. Is it revealing yeah. or something? Does it show more of his no. package in his no, package no, 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 Oh, very For the cool. first time. So he actually, he yeah. actually, he actually, he actually wore something outside of, of his, of his, uh, gear. 
Nice. He had he yeah. wore some, he cool. wore something to come spring in, and that. Awesome. And, well, uh, I like his gear. I don't care. I like his gear. And against Johnny Mundo. Cool. So. Uh, again, if you're in the Springfield, Illinois area, you want to get out to Pinfall Wrestling Association at the 8th Street Gym in Springfield, Illinois, this Saturday night for Pinfall Wrestling Association Art of War with Michael Elgin. You don't want to miss it. Scott County yeah. Wrestling uh, evidently is not going to make it tonight, uh, but they have an event next Saturday in Walcott, Iowa. And uh, you definitely don't want to miss that if you're in that area either. So what we're going to do at this time, we're going to take a song break. And Crime Fighters, okay. stick around if you can. Because uh, I know you might have a question or two for Mike Knox and Trevor Murdoch. So. Mm-hmm. You have them on at the same time? Yes. All right. Uh, so we'll be right back. We're going to take a quick little song break. And uh, we'll be back. Yep, yep, yep. You're in the air. We hope you like it so far. Ah. Yell at us on social media at Octane.
KSXM Octane, the test. Are you a fair or festival organizer? If you're thinking of adding professional wrestling to your event, it takes more than just a $5,000 ring. It takes credible talent with years of training, skill, and experience. It takes quality production values. It takes credible promoters with knowledge of the independent scene, the resources to set up entertaining cars, and how to get fans in the door. Bring in just anyone without vetting their credentials, you could end up with an embarrassing disaster. The so-called talent may have no training, no ring gear, aren't family friendly, and some may even have a lengthy rap sheet. If you want live professional wrestling at your fair festival, don't get burned. Check their credentials before you book. A public service announcement from the Nosebleed Seats. You can contact us on Facebook for more information. to get into professional wrestling, but you just don't know how to do it, well, I can show you how. All you have to do is dial 1-976-R-A-S-S-L-E-R. That's 1-976-RASSLER. I'll teach you the ins and outs, the ups and downs, everything you need so that you can just explode onto the wrestling scene. Remember that number. It's one nine seven six R A S S L E R. That's one nine seven six Rattler. Make sure you call today. I'll be waiting for you. Calls to one nine seven six Rattler are twenty nine ninety five per second. All major credit cards are accepted. Inside the ER, this is Wrestling Authority Radio, and in just a couple of minutes, we are going to be joined by our guests, Mike Knox and Trevor Murdoch. It's going to be a great night. We're going to take questions. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, you know, I can't, I can't wait for this. Uh, we've been waiting a long time for this. So, Steve, why don't you go ahead and introduce our guest if you're in the studio and can see who's here. Um, well, I don't have any identifiers right now as to, uh, who is here. Uh, that you should. I have a number. I have a number, but I don't have a name on it. So, um, so this one, this one's on, this one's on you, man. Oh, well, uh, no, honey. Oh, I've already screened him. He's ready to go. I have myself on mute. Now it's can you hear me now? Can you hear me now for half a second or two? So, yeah, Trevor is here. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, he is a former WWE Tag Team Champion, Trevor Murdoch. Hello, Trevor. Hello, can you hear me? Hey, what's up? (laughs) Yes. What's up? Hey, what's up, Hots? How you doing? Hi, guys. I'm doing good. How's everybody? Excellent. I'm doing good, too. Right. Thanks okay. for coming out. Oh, all right. right. I got to go screen again. Okay, I got to go <laughs> screen this call. 
That's okay. It's Look, my job. Steve, why don't you take over? I'll be right back. I, I've got to deal with something real quick. Just you be a minute. Oh, jeez. Kick your ass. All right. Yeah. Just yeah. Tell me I, so, all right. I got a screen. All right. Take well, over for half been, a second. Hey, yeah, a moment. Okay. Well, hey, Drew, it's been a while since we've uh, since we've seen you, since we've had you on. Uh, um, I know you've been uh, doing a lot of uh, independent work, uh, not just wrestling, but actually uh, um, doing some uh, training seminars and that. So uh, why don't you go ahead and kind of uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, what you're uh, doing as far as uh, – training seminars, what type of uh, thing you do for uh, people that would uh, go to one of your seminars, things like that? Well, I mean, the most important thing is when I'm working with guys is just trying to pass on whatever knowledge I have to them. Mm -hmm. Um, Even when I was WWE champion on three different occasions, I still would come back and go to Harvard school in my off time, and I would – train and work with those guys trying to teach them what I learned on the road or at TV or anything. You know, my, my prime is past. You know what I mean? And, and I'm smart enough to, uh-huh. and uh, knowledgeable enough to understand it. It's my time to start helping other guys elevate and get their get to their dreams. So when I'm at these training seminars, man, I, I focus basically what what I was asked to do and and what Vince asked me to do while I was at WWE, because that's everybody's Mm -hmm. goal, right? I mean, to to get Mm -hmm. to WWE and get that national show. Um, So I was, I'm constantly letting them know, you know, how Vince was on time, how important it was to be ready for anything because if somebody didn't show up, somebody pissed off the boss, somebody got hurt, Mm -hmm. you got to be ready to go. And, you know, a lot of times that's how Stone Cold Steve Austin came about. Uh, if, I, if, I, if I remember correctly, Goldust nice. was supposed to be in that spot and didn't show up. And, you know, Austin wow. 316 was born. Oh. Mm. And I'll tell you, I'll, right. tell you um, I'll tell you, me and my, and my oldest niece are very appreciative. <laughs> my, my, I can't yep. remember. My, my oldest niece at five years old running around the house, don't go, don't go, don't go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, he, he was just well, I'll tell you what, we've got, uh, we've got our uh, other guest uh, also here waiting, so we're going to go ahead and uh, bring him on. He uh, also uh, spent time in uh, WWE, both on the main roster and on ECW, and also uh, was with TNA. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, give welcome to Mike Knox. Good evening, Mike. Oh, am I on, baby? Oh yes, you darling, are on, you're on. I'm on, baby. All right, I'm on. Okay, don't start with the brother. Uh, <laughs> What's going on, brother, guys? Brother, 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 brother. Hey, brother, we're doing brother, 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 Mike, I don't, I don't know if you, if you ever actually uh, worked with uh, Trevor Murdoch, but uh, he is also here with us, so uh, you can say hi to him as well. What's going on, Trevor, brother? We were, uh, I think, we were on the same roster at the same time, but just for a little bit. We never really crossed paths too much. No, no, I always no, wanted, to, I always wanted sure. to have a few beers. Yeah, I always wanted to have a few beers with you, bro. Oh, for sure. 
brother. No, my good people, man. They, they really missed the boat with you, brother. I'm going to tell you that right now. They really well, missed the boat with you. I was... I, I was rolling it down a, down the path of destruction, anyways, man. I wouldn't have lasted too long, no matter even if they would have went with me. <laughs> well, I know, man, but you were a, you're a hell of a talent, man. I always liked your brutality and your aggression. Everything you've Thank always you, done bro. always was real, and uh, looked like you were trying to fuck somebody up, man. And I honestly believe that's our goal in the ring is we isn't fucking hurt people, and you do a we very gotta, good job we, of it. Yeah, we suspend belief. You know what I mean? It, yep. That's what we did, man. I was always a fan of yours, too, bro. You guys, you were, you were one of my favorites, man. I, like I said, I always wanted to hang out with y'all, man. <laughs> it would have been a good time, that's for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and, you know, uh, both of you, good talents. Uh, Trevor, we've had you on before, and it's been a while since we've talked. And, Mike, this is our uh, first time talking to you, but always a big fan of your work. Um, and we'll get into more of your work and more of Trevor's work here in just a couple seconds. So, Katie, is there anything that you want to start off with these gentlemen with? Oh, oh not a, you boys go for the moment, and I'm going to bounce off you. How's that? I had a long day, so I'm half prepared. Had a <laughs> long stupid day. Steve, I know I know you've wanted to talk to Mike Knox for a while. This is your chance and uh it's been a while since we've talked to Trevor, so uh why don't we yeah, uh go ahead and calling. step back uh into your guys' past and, and kinda you guys tell yeah. us how you got started again. Exactly. Like right. uh, where, did you get your, where did you get your training? Um, you know, who inspired what you? Even, to what even got you yeah, why don't you got too interested in this crazy business? Yeah, brother, I was a, it was a dark and stormy night in 1987. <laughs> I was just a child. It was all all of in the second grade, and I, I saw my first wrestling match ever. It was Hulk Hogan versus Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Oh, and yeah. uh, brother, I was I was hooked. I was hooked from there. I went to school the next day, and I got my first ever real fist fight. And I think I'm pretty sure I won that one. And uh, it might be the only. It might be the. It might be the only. My last match I ever won too. But um, I. Uh, hey, dude, it pays well, man. Fuck them, dude. It pays well. That's <laughs> all right. So uh, yeah, bro. I started. Um, I was saving up money to go to the power plant, and uh, oh, wow. I ended up I ended up running into like this empty kid. I was going to like a WWF uh, WWF at the time WWF show, like Stone Cold, right. all those guys. And uh, I run into this like little little ass dude. And he's like, "Oh, I'm an indie wrestler." Well, shit, I didn't know nothing about no indie wrestling. Like, it's not like it is today. Like, I didn't have computers or you know what I mean. I wasn't in the scene. I was living in, like, the smallest town ever in Southern California. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew nothing about that. So it really sparked okay. my interest. And he gave me he gave me this phone number. And uh, it took me a few months to actually find the guy because the phone number was wrong. But, like, now I knew it was out there. So I uh, got a hold of this guy. Gary Crusher Key was his name. His, uh, his big claim to fame was that he was one of the doinks. I want to. I think he was like oh, one yeah. of the Okay. Yeah. So okay. I so I started driving 
from El Centro, California, I would drive seven hours one way to go train at this place in Oxnard, California. I do it twice a week. And uh, that's that's how I started, bro. After I took my first bump and my first, you know, hitting the ropes and all the, you know, the three bruises you get and, like, the half concussion yep. right. you get when you smack the back of your head the first time. And, you know, I, I was hooked, man. I couldn't get enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, mine, yep. mine's a little different, man. I'm, I'm a little bit, I might be a little bit older, but I, they show world-class wrestling when I was a kid. And they had world class championship gentlemen. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. I know. Eric Embry, Chris Adams, Iceman King. Oh yeah. I mean, those Hell guys yeah. and man, dude, that that house was always hot, you know, for the Von Erics. So on Sunday mornings, me and my brother would sit down, you know, eating a bowl of Cheerios, watching the Von Erics, you know, gentlemen Chris Adams, you know, just loving it. And what was cool about wrestling back then is. They fucking let you hang it. Like, you know, like they were, the, the end of match would be, you know, we'll catch you back next week and you're hanging on. You're like, what yeah. the fuck? We're out of time. We're out of time, guys. Like, I've got to wait a whole week to watch this, you know, again. And you were right there, obviously, you know, five, ten minutes early just to make sure you didn't miss nothing. Right. Um, so, fast forward. 18, 19, uh, let's see, I was 19. Uh, my brother actually caught up with a small independent company in St. Louis, and I had just gotten out of uh, Job Corps, been there nine months, uh, became a certified welder, and I went and moved in with him, and I would go to his shows with him as security, and I was a big guy, you know. At you know, at 13, I was I was already 6'2". By the time I grew, you know, full up, 6'4", I was, you know, I'm a big guy. So before and after the shows, they'd use me as their tackling dummy to do their new <laughs> spots. You know what I mean? Or, you know, yes, I, yes, I, I do. Yes, I do. I have, I, I have a brother. Yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. So I, when I, I, mean, started, guys, when I started training, I was suplex dummy. Thank God yeah. Chris <laughs> Daniels finally started training. Because he took over my oh, spot man. as the suplex stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then, just like I said before, you know, a wrestler didn't show up. And the promoter's looking around. He's like, I need to work. I need to work. And he points to me. He goes, you've been training. And I've just been getting my ass kicked before and after the show, just taking bumps. And uh, I became deer hunter number two under the hood. And then wrestled my brother. And uh, I was never security again. I, uh, I wrestled for three years for Central States Wrestling Alliance before I met Harley Race. And uh, Harley proceeded to tell me I didn't know a fucking thing about this business, and I was a shit worker. And I have oh, never man. had anybody just be I that blunt with me. Um, it's and it's I crazy, said, well, right? It's, it's freaking eye-opening. Wow. I mean, it just smacked me right in my face. I've been working two yeah. and a half years, you know, running independent. Yeah. I was trained by guys that was trained by some guy who was trained yeah, by you, another you guy. Know, you, think you got it all. You got it all figured out. <laughs> oh, dude. I, I was the same way, bro. And Harley Race goes, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll, I'll even do it. I'm going to be honest with you. You're the fucking shit. <laughs> And it broke me down. I was like, 
wow, I'm okay. And I got kind of hot about it. And he proceeded to tell me he was opening up a school. And uh, he said, you know, if you want to come to my school, I'll, I'll train you. And, uh, he was selling you, brother. To work. Oh, work my <laughs> ass over. Oh. I bet. I bet. Oh, my. Oh, man. That seems harsh. That seems harsh, you know what I mean? But it was the truth, though. You know, you can never... I've never gotten better in this business because somebody was patting me on the back saying, good job. I've Absolutely. always gotten better when somebody said, Trevor, we'll be honest with you. That looks like shit. All right. I got to work on that. Yeah. You want to watch, you know, you watch that back, son? You want to watch that back, son? Yeah. You, you really want to go out there and look like that? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's the truth. If you're honest with each other, that's the only way we're going to get better. 100% agree with you, bro. Yep. All right, somebody asked a relevant uh. question to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. All right, boys. Yeah, I think my boys have totally gone silent on me, don't you know? Well, hey, oh, wow. hey, they, hey, you know what? You know what? When, when, the, when, the big, when the big boys who have been to the show start talking... You shut up and you let well, you them talk. We let you talk. That's, that's what we do. Oh, my goodness. Especially when the old school guys get yeah, on. I mean, that. especially if you get five of them on and they're all brother, 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 brother. Okay? You know, yeah, brother. I'm, you know what I'm talking about, brother. You've seen that, brother. You've been through that, too, haven't you, brother? You know? Yeah, you took, you took yeah. a really nasty hit from him one night, brother. Yeah, yeah. And then he choked me, brother. It was insane. <laughs> it's great. Especially when when uh, when, when, when Sam Houston. Yeah. yeah, too much. I mean, especially when we get Sam Houston on, you know? It's, it's great. <laughs> oh, man. I love Sam Houston. He was a world-class, he was a world-class brother, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah for yeah, a while, brother, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember they, him when he was in the WWF too, and he was doing that dance. I, I was a little kid. I was, I'd run down to my trampoline doing the damn dance. <laughs> <laughs> That's what characters were, you know. We had fun with characters, man. Somebody, there was always something for yeah. for everybody. If you didn't like this, yeah. just wait till the next match. You'll like that. Exactly. Yeah. I got yeah. so I got so lucky, man. I started tra- after uh, after the school in Oxnard closed. They sold it to. Um, Navajo Warrior down in Phoenix, Arizona. He's still he's still working brother. around. He's still brothering around. He's with the video <laughs> game now, like you know what I mean. So he he got a really he's cool cool around. gig. Like he helps he helps like you know he does the um, he records like all the voiceovers for the the 2K video game. Like so oh that's he's always awesome. around all the boys. Yeah, that's a real good gig. So you know he, he was he, he used to do these things in like northern Arizona and like New Mexico. Where we hit all the Indian reservations, so I figured if I want to get on all these shows, brother, it's a tale as old as time. Cowboys versus Indians. I'm a freaking so I was an outlaw. I was outlaw Mike Knox. I had the chaps with the poncho like like Terry Funk. I had a branding iron. You know that I'd come out there with a branding iron and shit. Like, and uh, man, we would. Dude, you'd be perfect. Perfect. We we took like eight guys. We took like eight eight guys, and we'd run a six. Somehow we'd get six matches out of it, like like switching hoods around and like 
going as deep as we could possibly go. But I thought we were in heaven, man, because we were go- we'd go on like 12, 13 day like loops and hit all these these Indian reservations around there, and just do the hmm. show over and over and over. And uh, whenever we started, like, not drawn, and, like, whenever, like, the, the book would get down a little bit and the gate was down, but we'd start running Tough Man. So, like, oh, you know, wow. every once in a while I'd, I'd stick in there and, like, do the Tough Man's against some of the some of the Indians or, like, we'd run corner or I'd be the ref or something, and they always made all their money back on that. But, dang, man, like you were saying, characters, characters sell tickets, bro. Oh, Stories. Dude, because there's something for everybody, man, and that's... Oh, That's yeah. why I think independents are starting to pick up because guys are starting to drop the I need to be a badass wrestler and going with characters and something different. People are buying their gimmicks. Selling. You mm-hmm. got independent workers out there making a living just wrestling, doing independent how, shows because they know how to promote and sell their shit. How many great technical matches can you watch? Over and over oh, again, you know. Dude, there has to be there has to be different stuff in every show, just like we're saying. There's a spot for everybody. Right. Yep. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you get the technical guys, then you get the then you get the two brawlers, then you get the you know the smaller guys doing the flippy stuff, and that you yep. know uh, the comedy, the drama, and so on and so forth. You know. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, it's like, it's like uh, vaudeville. You know, because vaudeville was Knowing your place on the card. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, if you're, if you're first man, it's like even if somebody says, go out there and have the greatest match you ever had, but do it in seven minutes, and, and no punches or clotheslines, okay? I 100% agree with you. Yep, know where you're at on the card and wrestle. Well, and, and guys get confused with go out there and work your ass off and have a great match to w- know your place on the card. Like they don't. Right. Um, so many shows I've been to, I've actually heard the promoters tell these guys in the first three matches, don't go outside, guys. Just stay in the ring. I've heard them say it, and then watch the the next the first three matches all do spots outside the ring. Um. That was the one cool thing about with Harley. You know, when Harley, you know, he'd come in the back and he'd go, I don't want none of you fuckers getting outside the ring the first three matches. Those guys barely touched the floor getting in the ring. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even trying that, man. You know, and, and Harley would, you know, the baby faces couldn't talk to the heels like, we look cool. Uh, Harley's school in WLW was oh, here in a small town here in Eldon, and we all lived together. And Harley would tell us the kayfabe that. And we're talking about a town of like fifteen hundred people. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. you're gonna you work rows. We're hanging. You know how it is when you're going to training, Mike. You these guys. Oh yeah. Spend like their family. You spend more time with them than anybody else. They can go hang out after. Yep training too. You kick the shit out of each other in the evening and then you have a beer at night. And yeah, Harley you have lunch, so you have hot. dinner, any questions you have, you're anytime you see him you're hugging him and you're you know. Yeah. And uh, Harley would get hot if you you know, if you broke K if you were a heel or a babyface at his shows in Elvis, he would get hot if you guys were caught in town talking to each other. Oh yeah. That's but, 
That's you know, the way it was. Hey, famous Great. Well, you killed it. What Mike you said, see? though, we knew where our place was. Our, we were supposed to do what the promoter told us to do, and that's how it yeah. was on the shows. Yeah, because you see, mm-hmm. you see, my father, he's a dick, by the way, when it comes to being an asshole about wrestling. He used to sit there, and he'd follow, tell me, oh, yeah, they probably go out for dinner together after the show and hang out together at the bars and, and blah, blah, blah. He's like, like you're walking down the street holding hands and buying shoes for each other, you know? I'm just like, my mom would just look at him and go, you know what? You know what, Brian? You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, hey, there's, only, there's only so many restaurants in town that, that'll take eight by ten yeah. instead of money. Yeah. Your picture's yeah. already in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, he made it sound like you guys were buddies outside of the ring and were seen together and shit. And I'm like, uh, I don't think heels and faces is he no. Well, we tried. Like you, hung, we hung it's, out. It's a, we just couldn't break yeah. kayfabe. You know, you'd always have to go yeah. to a buddy's house and, and, and yeah. you know, yeah. go hang out. But he would, if he found out that you guys were talking to each other out in public Walmart, I mean, he'd, he'd call you into the office and go, you know, done. you're a fucking heel. You're a fucking baby face. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you're off. You're off the shows. You're off the shows for oh. four months. Well, oh, yeah. you know, you've been doing the job for a couple weeks for sure, or at least a 30-minute brawl. Brody didn't care about winning or losing. He'd make you run like 30-minute no. broadways. Well, you had <laughs> all, everything you do in your arsenal done in the first 15 minutes, and you're sucking win the next 15. <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the last for the last ten minutes, you're you're hustling and puffing, and you're looking like a fool. Oh. Spit's coming out, and you can't breathe, and like throwing the shittiest punches that you think that look great, and you're hurting. You know, you know those shitty punches that look bad and hurt too. You know, you're like, fuck. Nobody can make it look good if you're gonna fucking smoke me like that. <laughs> and you're just sucking the wind. Oh god. Uh, you're trying to sell, but you're just blowing up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm just gonna hit me with the DDT, bro. I'll sell it. As soon as you get up, suck one double clothesline. Three and three quarters and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Put me in the sleeper, brother. Yeah, yeah. Put me in the sleeper and lay me down. <laughs> Put me in the sleeper. Uh, that was my trick, bro. I did it. I would and, do it every time and, I get every time I get blown up, bro. I would do this. I would snap there or something, and I would put them in a chin lock, and I would lay right to the freaking ground with them. I got to And then you look right. Open my you look right up, brother. The ref, and you go. Take oh shit! Your okay. Time. All right. If you're catching up on the brother, 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 you're probably about <laughs> ten shots behind. So catch up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, Trevor, you uh, had you were most noted for being a former tag team partner of Lance Cade. Um, yeah. Can you talk to us about what wrestling with Lance was like and the tag team chemistry that you guys had that not everybody has these days? Um. Well, the one thing, like, and and I think Mike can relate to this is uh. Lance understood all the things we're talking about. He was trained by Sean, so he understood storytelling. He understood you need to sell. 
um, you need to understand that um, that Lance was 300 pounds, so you're going to work with Lance's style one way or another. You know, um, the one feel like a Greek god. god. Oh, oh wow, goodness, and move like a cruiserweight. You know what I mean? When he wanted to go, oh, wow. he could go. Um, but Cade and I got thrown together by chance. Um, I got a, one of my many tryouts that nobody was paying attention. Um, Chris Benoit was actually out there doing his 500 squats before the show. Oh, wow. Eh? And uh, I, yeah, I just Benoit. got back from six months in Japan. So I get in the ring, and I start doing my Japanese stretches and shit, trying to get his attention. Um, yeah. And it does. And he ends up getting me a uh, tryout match, you know, a dark match. Oh, shit. Uh, it goes well. I come back SmackDown the next night. Um, I wrestled an Avery Pre. That went well. I ended up getting offered my job that night. Um, mm. Like four weeks later, they throw me and Lance together, and they, they call me, and they say, hey, listen, we're going to put you and Lance together and see what you guys look like as a tag team. Um, this week Not and the hate. next week we're going to put Lance and uh, Kevin Furtick, who was doing the vampire gimmick at the time. Uh, I can't think of the name of the gimmick. But, uh, Kevin Thorne. Uh, the the Kevin Dark Lord. Yeah. I remember him. Um, yep. gonna, Lance is going to tag with him the next week, and we're going to see if, if those two are a better tag teams. So I was like, all right, well, Lance and Kevin had already been friends down at OVW, worked together, I thought for sure. I was I wasn't going to be a part of this, you know what I mean? Those two mm-hmm. should have more chemistry than me and Lance. But uh, we got together, and you know Lance and I were like, all right, this is what we need to do. And um, we knew what story we both agreed on what story we wanted to tell. We both knew, you know, what parts we wanted to, to play in that story, and it just flowed really well. Like after the first match, me and Lance even got in the back. We're like, wow, that felt really good. Um, the second night, uh, we worked together. We ended up working with Bobby Lashley and CM Punk before they got brought up. Uh, okay. And Bobby was, like, moving a refrigerator around, Mike. No joke. God love him. I'm glad he's gotten a whole lot better back then. Holy shit. Um, and Lance came in the back, and he was like, I'm fucking strong, but Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> But Bobby's great talent. He'd tell you too back then. He was a little stiff. So he, anyway, um, <laughs> I digress. We Lance and I have a great match with uh, you know Punk and, and Lashley, and to come in the back and Johnny Ace stops us right there, and he goes, uh, Lance, you've worked with Kevin down in OVW. You know if you guys can have a good tag team or not. Would you rather work with Kevin or, or, or Kevin? And Lance, you know, spoke up. Man, I said, I think I got better chemistry with Trevor. And uh, he goes, well, Johnny you goes, okay, it. you, you two are on the road. Man. Yeah. He yeah. goes, you two are on the road next week, man. And we were running house shows that next week. And uh, Cade and I actually shared a rental car. Because, dude, I've, I never went to developmental. I didn't. I've never stepped. To this day, I could never tell you what the inside of OVW or their parking lot looks like. I never <laughs> went to developmental. So I, have, I had no so lucky, idea bro. how how WWE worked, you know what I mean? So I, Lance helped me rent cars, hotels, and um, that night we got in the car, and Lance and I had that conversation. We were like, listen, okay, we're going to make money together. We're going to be a team together. 
if we've got a bitch complain, be mad about somebody, we have that talk in the car. We can't save everybody else in the arena, but when we're on that 250-mile drive to that next town, that's where you talk about it. And Married, brother. It, Married. Oh, right there, bro, for real. Um, and he mm-hmm. did. He became my brother. My kids to this day still call him Uncle Lance. He came to Christmas parties. He did shows for Harley. While we were champs, man, the, the company let us do that. Um, man, he's awesome. one of the few men, and I can. And Mike, you got this. I know you got the same list. There's five men in this world, and I count them on my hands. And I'll say, I love that man. No problem. Yep. No worries about telling anybody. A good yep. dude that that uh, you know just made a fatal mistake, you know. And uh, man, yep. I miss that motherfucker. Yeah, bro. You think about it too, man. Like, how close have we all been to making that a, a kind of mistake like that? You know what I mean? I've, oh, I've dude, been there man. numerous times where I woke up bro, and wondered how the fuck I woke up. You know, like we've probably done worse, man. It's just yeah, the wrong time, the wrong situation, man. And uh, I know Lance, and that was Lance. never his goal. You know what I mean? That yeah. it was. Mm-hmm. You know, made a mistake, man. Uh, and you know, I kind of, I had to eat with the company for a while on that because, you know, Kate, God love him, he, he he recognized he had an issue. We've all had issues at one time or another in our lives. Yep. And uh, he went to the company and said, he's the only active member of the roster. He went to the company and said, I had an issue. I need help with it. They patted him on the back. Said good job. You made the right decisions. Cade goes to you know rehab. Six weeks, man. Straightens him out, dude. I mean, clean as a whistle. Two weeks later, they they keep him at home for two weeks afterwards, and then they call him up and say you're done. You fought, you know, early out, ninety day early out clause. That cat on you know, that job. That cat ever had his whole life was wrestling for WWE because he went from wow. a high school student. Straight to Shawn Michaels' school, straight yeah. to fucking. That's when they had uh, Memphis. They had uh, Ohio Valley was down there. Uh, not Ohio Valley, but uh, what's deep his south. name? Uh, so yeah, deep, deep south. south. Well, deep, not deep south, but they had um. Uh, or uh, or uh, FCW Florida Championship Wrestling. No, it was before that. They had even before no, Memphis. Like, they had Memphis. Uh, like Hart, the Hart, Heartland, Heartland Wrestling. No, I can't think of his name. So I see his face, man. He's a trainer. Old he used to be an old school wrestler's trainer. Um, oh, but anyway, God damn it. I got. I got. You know, he wears yeah, glasses. Um, Les Thatcher. Les, Les Thatcher. Thatcher. Oh, oh, I love uh, Les Thatcher. We've Les had Les him here Thatcher. a few times. Yeah, yeah. Les, yes. we've had on several times. So great guy. So he went from great Sean to, to Les's to Memphis to OVW. I mean. He knew wrestling, WWE wrestling. That's all he knew, and he got fired. And man, it just it broke him down. What am I gonna yeah. do? You know what yeah. I mean? What the what the just what the like hell am I gonna else? do now? Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he just relapsed, man. And it, you know, took a toll, brother. Yeah. Sounds like it. God. It sounds oh, like man. it. Bless. So taking a toll that brings that Taking a toll on the worker. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yep. You guys were yeah. a hell of a time. 
team, and and I, I remember fondly being a teenager going, "Damn that Trevor Murdoch and Lance Cade." <laughs> but it was always about the story, though. That's the Mike. I think that's you. You were the same way when you worked, man. It was all about the story, even if it sacrificed yourself. It was about the story because that's what you were trying to get across. And a lot of guys you know, don't quite understand that. Yeah, yeah. I remember right when I first went up, I didn't quite get it either. You know what I mean? Like, I was when I was in developmental, I was doing, like, standing moonsaults and doing all this shit off the top rope. The second I went up to ECW, they're like, dude, all that shit's done. No more. Ever again. Yep. You know, and I was just like, well, yep. oh, shit, man. How am I supposed to get over? Like, how am I supposed to show <laughs> off? Like, I want to fucking, you know. I want to sell yep. shirts, you know, like, yeah. and they're, you know, they, they, they put it to me so simply. They're like, listen, if you go and do a standing moonsault in, in the second match and then Ray does it in the, the next match or in the main event, who the fuck cares about right. his, you know what I mean? You got him by a foot and a half and you got him by a hundred pounds. Like, you know what I mean? Who cares? He's the one that's, and he's the one that yep. sells, you know, he was like the top merch getter. He was the one that was a draw. He was the one the kids were there to see. Not my dumbass. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you tell it, you find a way to tell a story doing doing what your character is supposed to be. Like, okay, I was supposed to be yeah. a mean, you know, rugged guy. You know what I mean? So I just try to turn that up a little bit, turn up the viciousness a little bit. And well, and hopefully I don't I kill anybody. Every... Hopefully I don't kill anybody. Like... Don't be killing no one. Look what that kind of character is going on right now with Braun Strowman. Look how over that's getting. You know what I I mean? I love Braun Strowman. I love Braun Strowman. I really do. There's a place for that, especially if they fucking book it right. You know what I I mean? I did not like him. I'll tell you straight up. I didn't like... I didn't like him when he was with the Wyatt family. Okay? Because he was just kind of background, but he's really, yep. really coming to his own, especially when he started talking. I was like, oh my God, you can speak? You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I enjoy watching him give them hands, let me tell you. And he kind of does it for <laughs> me, too. <laughs> oh, you like, you like those big beards, do you? <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, no, honey. I, I would... Um, I'll, tell, I'll tell you straight up. Okay, my, my husband has like a nice goatee, and I get mad when he shaves it off. Um, but those big ass beards. Okay, uh, Daniel Bryan, you need to lessen the beard. Triple H, you need to shave off the beard. Um, Whoa! Braun don't hate on the on the on the facial hair. I'm not hating. <laughs> yeah, I'm not hating, but but all he's doing, all he's doing, all he's doing is hiding the wrinkles. Okay, that's all he's doing with that beard. That's it. Okay. That's we're it. Just, we're just but to, if he if he was shaping, okay. just let us know. Yeah, it sounds like he knows what the you, hell he's doing. If you <laughs> hold on a second, hey, you're about to get tasered. Let me finish. Anyways, I'm, I'm going to tase some people. I'm telling you, folks. But no, if he, I don't mind the beard if you shape it and keep it nice and clean and pretty and everything. That's fine. Like Seamus, Seamus got a nice beard. Okay, but. I don't know. It's Braun. It's got nothing to do with his beard. It's just yeah, it's big and burly and looks like he's can me around. And I can't argue beard semantics with you. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have. Okay, dude, I don't grow beards, so I can't. I really can't talk about beard semantics. Yeah, so at don't, all. don't don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. <laughs> hey man, I tell you, if, if I if I if, if I grow when I grow old, if I start growing a beard, man, I think I'll be a ringmaster or something. That'd be cool. 
<laughs> I, mean, I heard. I heard there's a there's a there's an opening for the old menagerie if you want to join in there. We could use a bearded lady for that for that whole six minutes it was on air. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Six minutes too now. <laughs> oh, now, Mike. You know what? Now you've now you've led into what I've been uh, actually looking to uh, go ahead and, and get into is the menagerie. Who approached oh, you this entire book, man. gimmick? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. It wasn't supposed to be that. It wasn't supposed to be that gimmick. Because we just got done with the aces and eights. I took the devastating pile driver on the floor. And then, like, you know, I was off TV for, like, four months or whatever. So I was chomping at the bit to get back. And they told me when I left, they said, hey, brother, when you come back, you're going to be a baby face. And I was like, finally, like, for the first time ever, I'm, I get to, you know, go out there and be, a, be a, an idiot, you know. And they're like, we're going we're gonna to have you do this Duck Dynasty character. So grow the beard oh, out, you know what I mean? Do, you know, get all the camel gear and all that shit. I'm like, I got that. I was like, I am ready. <laughs> so we sit there at home, and they, they, I'm sitting over there for like four months. And I was like, God dang, man, I'm going nuts. Like, what am I going to do? I had them, like, sending me over to Japan, like, whenever they could. Mm-hmm. And uh, Big big ends up calling me. He's like, all right, we're bringing you back to TV. We're going to send you to, to Tennessee, and we're going to shoot some promos for you. And I was like, hell yeah. And then, yeah. Uh, like, Christy Hemming's going to call you and a little bit later on. and still in. And I was like, What? Uh, I mean, no offense, <laughs> no offense, but you know, she wasn't like talent relate. I mean, she wasn't like talent relations, or she wasn't like office, or she wasn't a writer, or nothing like that. So, right. but you know, dumb, dumb me, I'm like, fuck it, I don't care, <laughs> whatever right. gets me back. Right. So she calls me, she's like, "Have you ever seen Carnival?" And I was like, "You've met me. Do you think I would have watched that? Like, what the hell is it? Like, where is it? This and that." And she's like. We have this awesome character. You're gonna have she's like your circus leader. You're gonna go and get in touch with your family. She like kind of lays out this like half-assed like story or whatever. And like the whole selling point was uh, Tanea, a rebel. She was like a she was a fire dancer. Like she could like spin the fire around and she could do all this cool stuff. And like you know, it was it would have been pretty cool. So we went to film right. stuff like first time we ever met. And she did a little bit of the fire dancing stuff. And then we got to TV and. There were, I was like, hey, what am I supposed to wear? Because all the gear I got was for the Duck Dynasty character. I don't have jack shit. You know, and I, I right. figured they were going to give me something. And, they're, and then, like, Chris, they're like, oh, we'll talk to Christy Hemme about it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I went and talked to her. And she was like, oh, just kind of wear, like, your biker stuff, like jeans and your, you know, tank top or whatever. And I was like, oh, Walmart gear. Hell yeah. That way I can sell it. Yeah. Every time I go to, to Japan, brother. And uh, <laughs> so we get there, and we're about to make our, our big first entrance or whatever. And I think I was wrestling, like, Frankie Kazarian or something like that. And Tanae was spinning her fire around. And then here comes the TNA freaking Orlando cops or, or whatever, the fire marshals. And they said that she's not allowed to do it because it's a fire hazard. And they gave her, like, these shitty little sparklers that you could buy next door at the Harry Potter Museum or whatever. Oh, so, like, it turned something cool. It turned, like turned something kind of cool 
into something completely like TNA. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. And then they kind of, you know, they kind of screwed it up. So they're like, oh, oh we're going to give you, a, we're going to give you this crazy clown and we're going to give you the strong man. And like, I love those. I love Steve and, and, and Terry, you know what I mean? But they were like, but they can't oh, do no yeah. wrestling booze. They have to pretend like they can't work and like, they have to do this. And like, we're going to give you guys on, on stilts and, you know, we're going to oh, give God. you all this cool stuff, like a Barker and all this cool shit. And, hey. uh, and then like the second time that the stilt guys came out, one of the fucking guys like tripped. And ate shit real oh. hard, you know what I mean? And he ended up, like, oh, doing DNA. And so, like, that was it for that. Like, that was, like, the one cool thing that we actually had that they would still let us do. Like, so, you know, and then, and then, and then wah, the head rider changed. Yeah. Uh, just, like, oh. he turned it into, like, this huge fart, you know what I mean? Oh, like, they had one, they, like, they have good ideas. They have, like, good ideas, and then it just turns into a huge fart. They're like, they're, I was doing this match against somebody, and they were like, oh, it'll be so cool. We'll keep the music playing, like, for the whole match. And I was like, sweet. So it's going to be like a two-minute squash, like, where I just get all my shit in, right? And then right. that'll be all. Hell no, bro. It's ten minutes. Like, I was getting – I was taking heat to my own song. Like, <laughs> and I was just back out the back, and I, like, tipped, I, like, tipped the damn table over, and I was like, guys. What the fuck, man? Like, you're this looking, is the stupidest thing. How are they supposed to pull the curtain open going, I'm rolling around. I'm rolling no. around on the ground. Get my, get my head kicked in. And like, <laughs> this fucking that dumb music. Beep, 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 dee, 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 dee. <laughs> oh, bro. What a, I'm yeah, living what a the dream. Bro. That's the thought that pops in your head at that moment. Is you I'm back, head, baby. I'm living back. Living the dream. Living <laughs> the dream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. Yeah. Now, yeah. now you talk about clowns, and, of course, that's uh, that's crazy Steve. Now, here's a, here's a question. Did anybody actually know about Steve's condition of being legally blind before this whole before this whole gig started, or no. did this get sprung up? Oh, really? No. Oh, wow. The first time, like he, he went, they're like, oh, like they showed us like the dark match that he did, but nobody had ever mentioned nothing about his sight or anything. So then the first time oh, wow. I met him, he had like those big Coke bottle glasses on, and like, and he took them off, and I was just like, oh, great TNA, like. <laughs> Thanks. So it's like a fucking lot. I'm gonna have to guide this guy down, like on a leash or something. Like, I'm and, a uh, But, oh, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, he never missed a spot. He like he, you can't even you couldn't even tell, you know. Oh, you can't tell at and, all. Uh, no, can't hardly tell at all. You know, I was like, ah, oh, that's a great face you're making, kid. Just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Take it till you make yeah, it, bro. Bro, Take it till you make yeah. it Yeah <laughs> His timing was good He never missed a spot Like anytime he needed a base for somebody Or come off the top Like he never missed Like ooh, Shit man He was good And, and I'm Fun, I'm not fun dude to hang out with too saying that either. Yeah oh, Fun dude all, to hang out with too It's a lot for that guy Having You know Overcoming all that man Still being the worker Yeah, yeah. Yeah, shit. He ended up having a, a good, good long run there too. Yes, oh, he did. Freaking, oh yeah. Uh, I, I I negotiated myself right out of a job. 
Like, my contract was cut. My my contract was coming up, and I was like, "Hey, listen, I signed that deal last year. You guys left me home for a little while. Like I told you, I was going to prove that I was worth the money. So I was like having this big serious conversation. I ended up like talking myself way up, and I got this real nice contract over there. I mean, for me, anyways, like you know, for some asshole, but and uh, you know, I got this real nice contract, and then they switched to these studios. They went from. Uh, whatever it was to like pop or, or some or destination America or something yeah. like that. And then they did the, they did the right. price review and they're like, well, shoot, we can get the whole group for the same price as we're getting the, the old fat white guy. Like, <laughs> what are we, you know, what, what are we doing? Like the, the old, the old right. fat guy with bad knees, like, <laughs> so just, you know, don't, let's just not bring him up for a couple of shows and see if we can get him over without him. And they all did, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was right back to, right back to the damn eighteen-hour plane rides over to Japan again. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, whatever, man. You gotta take, you gotta take your shots, man. You gotta take your shots when you get them. I don't mean to uh, cut this short, but I've got to hop off here, guys. That's okay. That's all Thank right. Thank you very much. It's all right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Trevor, Mike, it was a pleasure, bro. Talking to you. I hope to see you Can't down the road, my again, man. Absolutely, yes, man. We'll, we'll, we'll crack Take a couple of Thank you we'll for have having a good time. me, guys. Thanks Any for coming out. It was a joy. It was really you great bet, having you. Call in as a regular, man. Stop by anytime. Right yep. on. Right on. <laughs> you got, you got, you got the number. number. You got an open invitation, my friend. Yeah. Right cool. on. Thank you, guys. You guys have a great evening. Awesome. You too. Much yeah, Much um, love, God bless. Uh, yeah. Rob, hey, you hey, got Mike, anything? I got. Yeah. I just gonna ask Mike if he was one to uh, take some questions from some listeners. So perfect timing, Sean. Uh, yeah, man, bring it on. I'll see if I can remember anything. Oh yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, Rob. Rob is from uh, Northern Ontario. Yeah, I grew up with him. He's a great guy. Rob, what do you got? Hey guys. Um. I just wanted to thank you, you for all the years of entertainment that you provided me over WWE. Uh, huge fan from that aspect. Um, since then, I've actually gotten into wrestling on the indie team. So my question to you actually comes from that point of view as to what you look for in in the in the best refs. What would you if you were if you wanted someone to ref one of your matches? What some of the things that you look for? Well, I'll tell you what, a lot of people, they don't, they don't understand that uh, the, ref, the ref can be the most important part in there. A lot of times I'll call my spots through the ref. Preach, like when preach. I'm not trying to, like, when you're trying not to look, you know what I mean? When I'm, when I'm trying not to look completely obvious, I'll send the <laughs> spot over to the to the guy. And, uh, right. you know, it's it's one of these things where it's like you have to be there and you have to be, like, the, the law, but you also have to be invisible and blind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can't you right. can catch it, but then you can't catch Preach. it. Like, yeah, everything you're supposed to miss, you got to miss. Right. And everything you're, everything you're supposed to catch, you got to catch. I think a lot of these refs, <clears throat> they get so animated and they're all over the you know what I mean? And it's like they're almost, they're trying to outwork the workers almost. 
So, <laughs> like I said, and you like you got to be there, but you can't. You got to be there, but you got to be invisible. You got to see everything, but see nothing. You know, it's it's right. tough, man. It's tough. Yeah, I got mad respect. I got mad respect for for the refs. Hey, referee, we have to know the match as well, if not actually better than the wrestlers themselves because of that very thing. Um, I mean, when you talk about, Mike, about using the ref as a conduit, uh, I used to work Mm -hmm. a lot with uh, Coco Beware, and Coco would would tell me what he wanted the next series of spots to be when I'd be, like, checking to see if he's all right, quote, unquote, and that. And then as I'm back in the heel off, I'm saying, all right, Coco says do this, 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 and this, as I'm as I'm sticking my finger in his chest, looking like I'm laying down the law. So absolutely. <laughs> I, well, I, you got to think of it I too, man. Coco, they Coco, beware. He came from those times where there was yeah. the heel locker room and the babyface locker room. The heel and the babyface yeah. never yeah. even talked before they got out there. That's right. So that's exactly. like that's when the refs really had to had to be on 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 point. Yeah. Well, absolutely. no, and I. I yeah, I remember that is from my from my re- obviously doing my research in the business myself. Um, that it was that way back in the back in the territory days where the faces had their own locker room, heels had theirs, and the rest were running it back and forth. And yeah, no, I, I knew about all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, a lot of like most of the rest, most of the rest that we work with now, like. You know they're they're early helping set the ring up. They're getting the you know they're getting the ticket stuff ready. They're you know they're set, they're helping set up all the like the gimmick tables and they're you know what I mean like they're everybody right. right right. right. So they know every little piece of the business from from taking money from the concession stand to to not seeing the the lady the lady manager trip the guy in the main event. Mm-hmm. So. You know, it's 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 a, it's definitely a, an underrated art, my friend. Underrated art. Well, I, it's absolutely. one I'm trying to learn as best I can. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! That's all we can do. And you know, nobody starts out awesome either. Like you, you think you got it after a few years? Because even me, like when I was wrestling, I didn't. I never got signed by WWE until I was like nine years in the business. Right. Wow. And then I got signed, and I realized I didn't know a damn thing. I didn't know shit. You know what I mean? Right. So you're always evolving. Like every practice, you learn something wow. new. Every day, you see something new. You're you're looking at tapes and you're watching how people are doing it. And now that you're doing it, and you watch these tapes of like the greats of like the great referees, you watch right. it with different eyes. You see it with a different vision. You right. See them relaying the messages. I you see that myself. What yeah. I mean, you know, like yeah. you see what I mean it's about so, being there but not being there. Yeah. Right, right. Um, I I know I know myself. I've always been my own worst critic. I will watch myself. I would watch myself do a count of somebody on the floor, and I look at it and I mm-hmm. go, "Oh my God, what is wrong with you? You look so stupid." And that, You're and then you know, and then I make a little adjustment, and that to how how my hand was positioned. I mean, I I was. Constantly. I mean, I studied, uh, my first study was, of course, the uh, late great Connie Marker, who was the original dean of wrestling referees, and then I wound up uh, taking the moniker myself. Um, 
of course, uh, uh, the Hebners, Nick Patrick, yeah. uh, Tommy Young, Allen, Tommy Young. Yeah. I, I loved I, I Tommy so, Young. Right? I was so lucky. I was so lucky because, like, when we were in Deep South, we had Nick Patrick down there. His dad was running the place. Jody Hamilton, and a lot of people didn't know that they were related. So, you know, he was in there all the time, and he was teaching the refs freaking every little trick in the book. And, you know, even though I was, you know, I was a a wrestler or whatever, I would try to stay as close to that as I could because you want to learn the psychology of the referees too so you can help them out. So that, you know, you help them so that they can help you. It's just, yeah, man, I've been so lucky. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What, exactly. What I'd like to talk about is the fans. Do you have any wild, crazy stalker fans? Have you seen me? Jesus. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I, like, I like, you look like 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. I don't got no stalkers. Hey, that's my saying. That's my saying. <laughs> oh, shit. Nah, man. You know what? If you look at a picture of Mike, Mike is the guy that the newscasters will interview the neighbors one day and say, you know, we never really knew him that well. He always kept to himself. Just stay in the house. Smiled. He always smiled and waved, but we never dared get close to him. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, shit, the whole time, man, I was a heel. I was a heel my whole career until the very, very end. And at WWE, like, we weren't really allowed to, to, to like, go with them, like, do anything with the fans. Uh, I remember I got, I got busted one time because I was signing an autograph, leaving the building. I thought I was the last one out, but I wasn't. And I was signing an autograph for this kid in a wheelchair, and I got freaking screamed at and berated the next day at, at Pink because somebody saw me and ratted me out. Like, they're like, you're a, you're a heel. You can't do that. Perception is reality, blah, blah, blah. So I came up with, like, that kind of stuff. But then, like, when I was at TNA, and everybody was so close there, and, like, it was kind of baby faces, but they didn't care that much about that. Like, they let us go afterwards and sign autographs and glad hand all the people. And uh, I'll tell you, I, I ate that shit up. I loved it, man. I, I love hanging out with the fans. I love talking with them. I used to go to, the, like, I'd go to the bars afterwards, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a bit of a drinker. So I'd go to the bars. Okay. I'd go to the bars, and all the people would be there. Like, you know, I mean, shit, I never had to buy a drink. But I had the one rule. I was like, hey, I'll talk to you, and I'll answer anything you want. Because I can't lie. I'm a shitty liar. You see my promos. Like, y'all know it's fake. So, like, I'll tell you anything you want to hear. But as soon as I finish this beer, you got to get in the back of the line. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like... We were doing this. Thing, we were doing the damn thing in uh, San Diego. I think it was like Battle for Glory or something like that. And everybody was laughing, and they still tell stories about it. Like my old man was there, my mom. I had a line probably thirty people deep, just waiting, all holding drinks, waiting for me to like to get to me and talk. And I would sit there, and I got through every single one of them. And like I couldn't talk to like I was waiting for like Chavo and Magnus and like all these guys that like they're all my boys. You know what I mean? So like we were supposed to hang out. And, right. I never got to I never got to them, man. I was just I couldn't help it. I love I just love talking with the fans. And oh actually what I'm doing what I'm doing now, like I still do a little bit of wrestling here and there, but like, you know, my knees are kinda right. shot and I'm kinda old and it's like 
you know, the, the sh- if the shows come around and I think they'll be fun, you know, and I get I get paid enough to do them, I'll do them. But I went out and I got my real estate license, and I worked that for is- an awesome oh, okay. company. Yeah, I, I got the I got I, I worked for this awesome company that has we got offices all over the country. So what I do is I I pitch it out there to the fans, like, hey, if you guys are thinking about buying a house, I just spent <laughs> 20 years building you know building relationships with everybody. Call me first. If I can't help you, like, with my bare hands help you, let me guide you through it. I'll find you the right guy. And if he isn't doing the right job, I'll fire his ass. I'll put him through a table or clothesline or something. You know what I mean? It's like I don't take no money. I don't take no money from the fans. You know what I mean? I just try to get them them where they need to go. And uh, it's pretty freaking cool, man, because I get to talk to to a lot of, like, indie wrestlers. I get to talk to a lot of the boys that are making money now. I try to help them with investment, like investment properties. And the fans too, you know. Okay. We talk, we talk wrestling, and you know what I mean. I see where they're at in their in their in their programs, and it's like it's my own little tricky little way to still like have a job and still get to connect with the fans that I've spent my whole life loving. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just I love I love the fans, man. They're awesome. Wow, wow, that's cool. Um, I'm gonna kind of back up here a bit because. Uh, you work for a promotion that a lot of friends that uh, I have had through my years in the industry worked with, um, and that's uh, UPW, Roland Alexander, UPW, God rest bro. his soul. What a, yeah. Yeah, what a great guy. Um, I mean, because uh, when, when Chris Daniels uh, left Chicago because his wife wanted to get into the movies and that, that's mm-hmm. where he's that's where he started working was for was for UPW was for Roland um and then later on his uh tag partner Kevin Quinn came out there and uh he started he started training and then uh Ricky Reyes who um a lot of people uh know as Cortez Castro from Lucha Underground was uh working over there and of course uh you worked yeah. there with uh with some with some guy named Joe <laughs> bro, uh, I I had I had never seen anything like it before because I was in Phoenix at the time, and like I was telling it, telling you guys earlier, I was doing like reserve like any reservation shows for a couple hundred people, and like it was like you know we'd drive out the sticks and you know we you know it was small shows and we were kind of the big deal there and. uh I did a show in El Centro, my hometown, where I finally got to win a match against the evil Doink. And, you know, we drew a huge crowd. Like, I got over because it was my hometown. And, you know, one of the guys that was doing our ring announcing was uh, Big Swag. He went on to do, like, a bunch of, like, TV shows. And uh, Brett Wagner, I want to say, is, is his shoot name. And uh, he called okay. me. He's like, hey, man, we got this thing up in L.A., UP Dub. Um, he's like, we're running a show. We got a, we got a, we got a training class. This Saturday, if you can make it, it's up in L.A. And I was like, well, shit, man, that's like five hours, man. Like, right, whatever, that's cool. But uh, we went up going, I ended up going to a class. And, like, the first class that I was there, it was like Tom Howard was there and, like, Sylvester Turkai. And, and I want to say, like, Frank oh, Kazarian was there and Ricky Reyes was there. And, like, all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, there's a lot of good workers here. And then, like, yeah. the Mojo came in, and, like, 
freaking oh. the proto and the freaking prototype was there and like yeah. you know what I'm, I'm like I'm like holy shit oh. like yeah. it was so Hollywood where like right. like Bassman because his big deal was like he he picked out like Ultimate Warrior and Sting. You know the Blade Runners or whatever. So he had right. that eye for talent where he would pick guys and be like, "You're gonna be a star. You're gonna be a star. You're gonna be a star." You know that kind of shit. So right. we go to that first. We did their first. Uh, I did like my first show with them or whatever, and it was like the production was so good for me. You know what I mean? Because like I said, I've never mm-hmm. known anything about that. The production right. was so good. The talent, like everybody worked awesome and they all had like mm-hmm. different you know different styles and the characters were huge and oh my god man like they 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 bring down like they bring down like wwe talent like triple h came right. down and would say like you know talk us up and like chavo would be there and he would talk us up and edge and christian would come down and you know we'd get to work with them and it's like man i just i had a ball there I had a ball. It was awesome, man. The shows were great. Like, we do did those shows. We did, like, Laughlin shows. Um, you know, they put me in the tag most of the time. And uh, I, I love that anyways. I love tag. I always thought I should have been a, a, a – I always like tag more than I like doing singles. But, uh, okay. dude, we, <clears throat> we would go there and just – you'd rock the house, and you wouldn't even care that you had to drive five hours and you got paid 50 bucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like, shit, man, I I loved it, bro. Then, you you know, you're trying to learn. So, on Saturday, like, the next Saturday, you drive back up there again, and you see who's training class. Oh, shit, Tom Howard's training class today. Like, okay, I'm staying there all day and all night. Damn right. <laughs> until, they, until they kick me the freak out of here. Oh, right. Yeah, man. Right. ECW is awesome, man. Like, I remember that they'd bring the guys like um, – Mike Modest and Tony Jones would come down from San Francisco oh, and like yeah. with, with Roland, you know. Oh my God, dude! Like, uh, like you were saying, Chris Daniels was there all the time, and, and he was like the big. He was kind of like the darling. He was kind of office there, you know. Him and Rick were right. Tight. And uh, oh man, like Mike Mike Booch, Mike Bucci came down. And he was tagging up with Kazarian, and it's like, God damn, man, what a freaking, what a cool time. For me, like, just, you know, as a mark, <laughs> kind of, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, bro, I love hey. it. I love UPW. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like yeah, it. I mean, me and, me and Rick Bassett, like, we, me and Rick, me and Rick, we butted heads a few times, like, because he, he was the one that helped me go to Japan the first time, like, over when it was still zero one. one uh, Okay. And then, like, I kind of signed out, I signed out that he was trying to, like, double dip on me a little bit and, like, take a certain percentage off my deal. So, like, I've we got in a big argument about it, and it's like. Everything like now it's water under the bridge, of course. But for for a good year, solid. If you could have asked me, the like, hey, you can wake up and punch one guy right square in the freaking nose every day, right when you wake up, it would have been Rick Bassett. <laughs> like I just woke up and I had that little that anger, like oh this this motherfucker, you know what I mean? Like he's trying to take my money, yeah. this and that, and like you know, like who does he think he is? And then like not realizing the fact that like he's the one that did all the work really to get me over there. Like he was, right. he was probably do that, you know, he's probably do that money, but I mean, I, I didn't see it that way at the time. So, you know, so we got, we got in our little scuffles and arguments and shit and, you know, but just like, just like anything, time, time heals all wounds. And 
You know, every every time I talk to him, I'm still like I'm friends with him on Facebook and stuff, and we we chat around a little bit. And it's all it's all fun now. We just laugh our asses off about it now. Oh yeah, yeah. Sounds like you know, because yeah, definitely. Like you say, Rick was Rick new talent, and I mean, uh, you know, well, I mean, Power Team USA was definitely a you know loaded group, but uh, you know, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Jimmy and Steve, of course, obviously top that top that group to you know being being the two guys that became the biggest stars out of that particular oh, uh, yeah. grouping that uh, that Rick had put together and that. Um, so now, who would you say in terms of guys that uh, guys that you worked with over the years and that? that uh, you probably learned the most from in the ring of oh. Well, well, I mean, you was, who are you talking about? Like, like workers or trainers or both? Yeah, or, or yeah like, like who workers. Are you talking about? Cause well, you know what? I let's, was always well, let's, let's go ahead. Let's start with trainers, and then let's go to actual workers from, uh, you know, from being on the road and that all right, well, let's see here. I think I learned so much from Navajo Warrior, but when I finally got signed to Deep mm-hmm. South and Bill DeMont was in charge, like ah. he really, really tightened it up. You know what I mean? Like he taught me that toughness and how to turn up, turn it up a notch and, you know, and how to, you know, how to, kill people without killing them basically and uh i mean he was he was freaking great and at that time down at deep south we would do we would have these secret saturday morning practices like he would come to like me and and Derek nykirk and the miz and like mvp and luke gallows like hey guys show up show up to show up to the school at nine we're like, okay, cool. Why? We got to move. We got to move the ring or something. He's like, no, just come down. So we would go down there. The doors would lock, and Finley would come out of the back, and Benoit oh. would come out of the back. Oh yeah. And like, and William Regal would come out of the back. Oh, very nice. And Dave Taylor, and Dave Taylor would come out of the back. Mm. And wow. here we nice. go. We didn't say. You don't say one word. You five in that corner, you four in that corner, and we would just wrestle the tag match for like two and a half hours. We would just work a tag match, tagging in and out against all these people. And if you get in there with the people like that, you get in there with, with Chris Benoit at nine in the morning oh, in a cold gym oh, where yeah. he's chopping the ever loving shit out of you. And <laughs> I, mean, I remember I was working with, <laughs> with, with Mr. Regal. And he worked my ear as a as a body part. Like we all work legs and backs and necks and arms. He was working my ear for Ow. thirty minutes. And what, do you, I mean, wow. what do you mean work? What do you mean work in your ear? What was he doing it? Doing to it? Well, I mean, you, he he'd be he'd be twisting the ear and he he'd be pulling it around, and then you fight oh, I fight wow. out of it, and then like I'll take an arm drag and a drop toe hold, and then he's back on the ear. And he oh moves me around the ear, and he puts he put, I you know I get to the ropes and I break it I you know I make him break mm-hmm. it up and here comes the referee okay. he breaks it up, 
He keeps up, open mm-hmm. hand, palm strike to the ear. And now I'm still in the ear, and he's right back on it, and he can freaking judo throw me with it. It's, it was insane. Nobody's yeah, ever I, I, done I, I, that to me right. before. And yeah, nobody, right. ever, I, I, nobody I, I, ever did it to me since. Ever, other than mm. Benoit, you know, watch, watching tragic ear happenings, uh, Jeff and Randy Orton. Oh, my God. I had to look away. <laughs> Especially when he put the when he put the screwdriver in it and gave it a good twist during the cage match. Oh my God! Cage. Oh, yeah. I, had, I, I don't yeah. I don't stretch my ears or nothing, but I know people who do. You know, and like ah. that's crazy. I was working when I was working at um when I was when I was in the Aces and Eights. I was working with uh, Austin Aries on one of the deals. I had my mask on, and Ooh. nobody knew it was me. But I was working Aries on like uh, one of those pay-per-views or whatever, and uh, we got a little crossed up. And he threw this big left-handed, big left-handed shot and nailed me right in the side of the head. So like I'm, I'm tougher than a lot of people, you know what I mean? So I'm laughing now. I'm like, yeah, come on, baby, like, you know, and my ears ringing, and I'm like, can't see whatever. So I get into the back, and uh, there's freaking blood everywhere. I take the mask oh, off. And there's like a, a good inch and a half chunk of my ear just hanging off like by a thread. Oh my and, god! And uh, you know everybody, everybody's freaking out. You know, and, uh, but I hadn't been there that long, so I wanted to let everybody know that I was tough. I was one of the boys. I was a good brother, oh. brother. You know what I mean? Don't worry, brother. Right. <laughs> so like he's uh, like he's uh, he's apologizing. He's like, oh, I'm better than that. And I'm like, dude, this isn't ballet. And I reached over and I yanked that, that freaking bottle cap sized piece of ear off. And screw the garbage. <laughs> so now, now all my all my sunglasses fit kind of weird. Like I have to bend them around. Like you shithead! Why didn't you let him? You why didn't you let him sew that back on, you shithead? Oh my god! Well, you because some of the because some of the brothers some of the brothers were looking. You know, I just wanted to make sure everybody knows stuff. Oh, I know. I wasn't gonna get know, no. Man. I wasn't gonna get no more good looking. <laughs> I wasn't getting any more good looking. I, I, it's all downhill from here. So I said, ah, screw it. I'll make I'll make a point. I'll get over with everybody, and I'll pop myself at the same time. So I freaking ba- I bank shot it off the wall. <laughs> Damn. That's all right. I let him sew it up afterwards. <laughs> Hey, it could have been worse, uh, man. You remember Mick Foley? Mick Foley got his damn ear ripped off. Like, you know, it could have well, been worse. Uh, oh, hey. Well, you know what? I mean, because, well, uh, another good friend is um, Gary Michael Capetta. And Gary has told us that story about being the guy who had to take Mick's ear to the back. <laughs> put, it, he put it in his pocket, right? <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what he did. Well, you've got to have some fun ribs and road stories stories. So tell us about your favorite rib that's ever happened that you've seen or done or been part of. That you've told, that you've told, you know? Yeah. You know what? We were in the... We protect nobody here. (laughs) No, we don't protect anybody. Everybody's fair game. That's okay, brother, brother. We, we're all brother, right. Hey, it was a long it. time. It was a long time ago. <laughs> so we would sit there, and I think we were in UPW, actually, at the time. So like, I started building this reputation. Like, I used to hit people with this fucking clothesline, and I'd rough people up because, like, 
I knew it got a good reaction from the crowd, but I didn't learn. I hadn't learned yet, really, how to work it. So I was pretty. I was pretty rough out there, and uh, we were doing a thing where we were in a cage match, and the guys like everybody's supposed to kind of get some, like get a little bit of color. So we're like, oh yeah, don't worry, don't worry, and like we started this big thing. They're like. You know, we had we had we had like Samoa Joe in on it, and we had like Navajos in on it, and like all the people in the match, oh. and they were like, they were like, whatever you do, don't let Mike cut you, don't let Mike do it. You know what I mean? So I'm like, so of course, like during the deal, I'm like, oh, awesome man, like here's the blade, like, <clears throat> have you done this before? And he's like, no. I was like, oh, don't worry, man, I'll do it for you if you want. So he's like, he's like, no, 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 I got it, I got it. And I was like, all right, man, awesome. So we get in the so we get in the ring, you know, we have this whole deal. The referee's in on it. I think it was, um, I want to say it was Rubicava was our ref, Marty, Marty Elias, or he's our ref. I want to say. Oh, Marty, excellent. So we sat there, yeah. So we sat there, and uh, we did the match. And here comes a little spot where I throw the guy into the cage, and he's supposed to get some color. And he he just gives it a little nick, you know, and he's not really bleeding. And I was like, brother, you're not bleeding. You're not bleeding. I got you. Hold on. And I pushed his face down, and I reached in my pocket. And I, I got his, I got his, like, I've got him pinned down where his face is down on the mat. And I lean over, and I grab him by the back of the hair. And I act like I'm coming over with this blade, and I'm going to go coast to coast on him and just massacre him. <laughs> yeah. Well, Marty, Marty. Marty Rubicon, he he freaking. We gave him some ketchup packets before the match, and he cracked them. And he cracked them open for me. And I sucked my thumbnail, and I I run my thumbnail across his head, and I just squirt him with the ketchup. And he's freaking out now. He's freaking out so bad because he puts his hand up and he sees this this red mass like all over his head. And now he's freaked the fuck. He's freaked. He's like huffing and puffing, and he's trying to like. You know, like when you're pushing the oxygen out and you're trying to get more color, like you're trying to get it to bleed more. So he's huffing and puffing and breathing and all this shit. And like, I, we couldn't even finish the fucking match hardly. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> so we're, you know, we sit there and we're like, we get into the, we get into the back. And he's like, he's freaking the fuck out. He's like, oh God, oh God. He like runs up to the mirror and like he's got this dumb dried like ketchup all over his face. And he's like, I knew it. He's like, I knew it. I knew I spelled French fries and all that crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was that was that was a, that was a pretty fun one. That was a pretty fun one. Uh, and we had another one. I, had, I did another one on on the promoter one time. Uh, we were overseas. We did an overseas tour. <laughs> we did an overseas tour, and uh, we were over in like the really really cool places. <laughs> and, uh, like we were in Italy and and uh, Egypt and like all this shit. And the guy, like the promoter, he didn't go through any of the shit, so we didn't even have a ring. So we we had like ten. Ten shows, but we never had a ring. We were just wrestling on the floor. But it was kind of like a USO style deal, so it was over there for the troops. So we would do whatever, you know. We were just happy to be there, and like they were happy to have us there. So we would just like take big bumps on the basketball floors and like take body slams and shit. And uh, like so, the the end was like the last night, and uh, I was I was supposed to win. The guy was like the the guy that was a promoter was also like he was being my my my, my manager for the tour or whatever, uh-huh. and uh, I learned how to take a DT 
when I was young where I'd spike myself. And I really didn't know how okay. to do it any other way. Like, everything else kind of felt weird to me. So we're in the last right. thing, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to teach this motherfucker a lesson, man. Like, he's out here having to do all, this ma- all these matches, no safety, shit pay. Like, it's, it's, it's wrong. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to scare him a little bit. Right. So I don't smart nobody up to it. Like, I didn't tell anybody about it. And uh, at the end of, like, coming towards the end of the, the night or whatever, my match is going, and the guy that I'm working with, I told him to give me the DDP. So he stitches me up, uh, and he's like, are you sure? And I was like, hell yeah, man, do it. He's this big barrel-chested, pretty jacked up. I think his name is Tony uh, Tony Sweat, maybe, I want to say. Something. One of them. I am so bad with names. So he hits me with this DDT on the basketball floor, and I spike myself. Ouch. Now, I'm supposed to win this. I'm, I'm supposed to win the match. So I, I do the headstand, and I crumple over. And then he rolls me over, and he goes for the cover, and I just let him beat me. And I lay on the floor, and he jumps, he jumps over at me, and he's like, what the hell's going on? And, like, I don't move. I just keep there, like, eyes shut, like I'm, like I'm knocked out. 20 oh, wow. minutes I lay. 20 minutes I laid on that floor. We had all, oh, like, the people coming, like, all the people. Like, they came in, and they, um, they, they, they put me on the journey. Like, they were testing me for all this shit. Like, so, like, now, you know, people are starting to freak out a little bit. And yeah. uh, so they put me on the gurney and they take me to like to the to the med like the medic or whatever. And they get the they get the promoter out of the, there and I sit right up real fast. And I'm like, hey, how far can we take this? You know what I mean? Like this guy and I kind of I, t- I told everybody what was going on. Like he forgets how dangerous this shit is. I was like, mm-hmm. let me scare the shit out of him. How far can we go? Like I was gonna have the damn doctor open me up. Like <laughs> like I was like take a little incision. Make an incision on my back. I was like, I'll have you, I'll give you the, my my parents' phone number. Call my mom. Like, I was like saying all this shit. So he's like, he's like, how far do you want to take it? And I was like, how far can we take it? So we were sitting there, and he's like, we got the helicopter right over there. We'll fire that chopper up and say that we're med backing you to oh, to, uh, to, to wherever. Oh, and uh, and he's like, we just take a few. Of the, we'll just take a few of the boys. We'll fly to the we'll fly to the next uh, the next country's base, and we'll go out and party all night or whatever. So we were sitting there, and like, and like, I was like, do you have any like X-rays? Do you have any like anything that's like severely broken backs or like anything fucking crazy? And he's like, oh, we, got, we don't have anything like that, but we got something that might work. So we bring. I was like, okay, cool. And so he, they put me back on the gurney, and I lay there. They fire the chopper up, and uh, they bring in the promoter or whatever, and they're saying all this shit, and it's like, and he, they're like, listen, uh, you're going to be sued probably for this. Uh, he's like, they're saying all this shit to the promoter. Like, they're really fucking, they're like, he's going to be probably in a wheelchair for, for you know, for the rest of his life, like this and that. And, like, so now, like, the promoter starts, like, fucking tearing up, and he's, like, getting all sad, and, like, he's, now he's worried because it's going to hit him hard in the pocketbook. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't if I ever, for one, I don't ever for one second think that it, he cared about me, but, you know what I mean, yeah. if you want to screw with the promoter real good, you, yeah, you fuck with his money, you know? So, yeah. we're sitting there, we're sitting there, and, like, they're like, listen, we're just going to have to show you this, we're going to show you the x-ray real quick so we know what's going on. And blah blah blah, like whatever. So they're sitting there, and they they they, they click the freaking thing on, and it was like the skull of a poodle, 
It's like a big fat middle finger, like a big fat middle finger, like slick pointing out. And he was sitting there, and he's like, he's like, I don't understand, I don't understand, what am I looking at here? And I was like, you a fucking moron! Like we all got up and laughing at him and shit. But like he's like, oh, he's like, I would have got you. He's like, I was thinking about getting you back, like on the way home. He's like, I was gonna write your check in disappearing ink. And I was like, I wish you fucking would have, bro, because I would fill that shit out for what you should have been paying us. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I like to, I like to have a, I like to have a good time. Yeah, I like to have a good time. We like to try, we like to try to have a good time. Well, I guess that's uh, your worst ring story. Uh, we like to ask shit. I was faking it the whole time. It's a work, brother. Yeah, I know, but you didn't have a ring to work in. There you go, brother. That's it. Just uh, just absolutely screw with them. I love it. I love it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know promoters I would have liked to have done that to over the years, even as a referee. Well, we did. We, uh, me, and, me and Luke Gallows, we, got, uh, we were doing something up in, like, West Virginia, and the guy stiffed Gallows. Or he was going to stiff both Shit. of us on the paint, and he was trying to leave. And uh, oh, like, yeah. so we ran through the damn crowd, and we found him like trying to get into his his van or whatever. I was in my damn underwear, like, so I just ran out in front of the crowd. I didn't give a shit, like, so we run out yeah. and we drag his ass back into the to the locker room and throw him in the showers. You know, we're trying to scare the shit out of him, try to like bruise or brody him, you know. Yeah. So we're sitting uh-huh. there screaming, and like his mom comes in and she's like, "That's my son." And I was like, "You have a thousand dollars to pay us." And she's like, no. And I was like, then get the fuck out of here. Like, this is between us. Yeah. So we're saying all that shit. And he ends up paying me the, uh, my money, but he stiffs Luke. So what we do oh, is we, oh we, walk around, we walk around everywhere, and we grab every championship belt that he had. Oh. And we left with him. And we, this is something that I used to do, like, when promoters would, would stiff me when I was young and we were doing, like, ring crew. I'd always, like, if they stiff me, I would take their, their bottom rope. So if they want to have another mat, like if they want to put another show on and have three ropes, you can have it back after you pay me, you know? So we ended up taking all of his uh, championship belts and we we're like, okay, well, if you ever want to have another championship, like another championship match on your, on your New Year wrestlings, pay Luke his money and we'll give you all of them back. Oh, wow. So this is when we were in Aces and Eights still. So he, Luke ended up, like we got drunk one night or whatever. And Luke ended up calling him and like threatening him, because I want to say oh, he tried shit. to run like a memorial show for like for for some like somebody's daughter died or something like one of the one of the boys, uh-huh. and he was running a memorial show, but he wasn't giving any of the money to the memorial like the foundation. Uh-huh. He was just keeping it all. Oh, so he called him and he threatened him. He's like he's like, dude, you're such a piece of shit. I'll fucking kill you if I ever see you again. Like I mean, of course not, drunk of course, but like. You know, so he scared yeah. the shit out yeah. of this poor guy, and he ended, in, he ended up calling TNA office on him. So he got in trouble from the office from stealing the guy's belt, and so he ended up having to send the belt that he that we said that he had. So he ended up sending one of the belts back. I still have two or three of them sitting right here. I'm looking at him right now in this box. <laughs> I was going through some old shit. Like I still got I still got the damn belts right here, the tag, the tag belts, and I think the cruiserweight Fuck. belt too. So, oh my god. Yeah, he never did he yeah, so he never got his he never did get his payday from that, but oh, well, he well, never well. did get any of those belts back either. 
Mexico is an old like cockfighting ring or something like an old cockfighting building, and you know those 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 are the lucha rings. There's no gift to them, you know what I mean. So it's like it's like a boxing ring, kinda, but not really. There's like pipes, just like pipes with 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 plastic shit over it, and everybody in in that company would get color every single time. So by the time that we'd be out there. You know, we usually, like, we were the big gringos or whatever, so, like, we'd be in the last match most of the time. Mm-hmm. 
that whole, the whole damn place would be stopped up with blood, and you couldn't really walk on the ring oh. because there was just so much blood. And it's like we were the heels too, so like we go out there and they'd be throwing piss at us and batteries and Whoa. you know like. Oh yeah, it oh, was God. real fun. Really? Yeah, real they fun. Throwing, they were throwing piss at you, but peanut cups and yeah, 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 cups of piss. Yeah. What's next? They're gonna oh, be like God. monkeys and fling their poop. Oh my God. <laughs> Jeez. That's pretty gross. Pretty gross, that's man. Pretty fucking nasty. Yeah, that was that was that's, yeah. the, that's the first one. That's the that's the nastiest one that pops up on me. <laughs> We've had yeah. other like shitty. We've had other like shitty rings that like fell apart like, as soon as you hit the ropes, and mm-hmm. you have to run the whole like you have to run the whole show with a busted ass ring. But yeah, <laughs> at least they were at least yeah. they were halfway. Yeah. At least you, at least you didn't catch hepatitis C by walking out there and freaking right? taking a bump. Yeah. <laughs> well, we heard some stories that some of those lucha oh, rings yeah. were actually padded, quote unquote, with uh, sawdust. I believe it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Yeah, bless. Now, did you work for TNA when they had the six-sided ring or the four-sided ring or both? What do you prefer? Both. Uh, both. Four-sided. A million percent. <laughs> brother. Brother. Okay. Brother. Well, then what, what are the drawbacks of a six-sided ring? What's the difference? The six-sided ring... Is so like everything's super stiff. Like I'm big, I'm huge, so it gives for me no matter what. You know what I mean? Because it's right. really, like 320 pounds, and you're and you're bumping in there. It'll be, I can at least get a little bit of give with with the All ring. Right. But most of those guys, most of those guys are not are not as as big as I was. So even me right. taking the bumps in there, it was stiff as hell. Not to mention, like you have to like you really have to pay attention. Like I I focus usually on right what's ahead of me. So it's it's hard for me to like okay if I'm gonna run backwards, like if, or if I'm running forwards to hit this rope or whatever, if I'm going to hit this and I'm trying to come off with all this full speed, half the times I'd be trying to hit the ropes and I'd just throw myself right in the damn turnbuckles, and I would just <laughs> bounce off the turnbuckles and I'd bounce off the turnbuckles like they were the ropes, you know. But I never I never said anything and I never like bitched about it because you know it is what it is. But if I had right. my choice between a six-sided ring and a four-sided ring, I would take a four-sided ring every day of the week. <laughs> yep. Yep. Like you can't. Like Let's it's tough it. to get to the top. It's 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 a little bit tougher to get to the top rope. Like your balance is a little bit off. Like I don't know. I just I I would much rather have. Yeah. Even for me, like it threw me off a little bit. Where it was even a little harder for me to pick up the hard cam. Then like and and know which way right. I should be you know working you know working the match like which direction I should be working the match like I don't know man I just right. I can barely I can barely right. walk through my through my house as it is man don't you can't be throwing twists and turns at me I'll, I'll be real <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh, all right yeah. I've I've worked I've worked both myself I know ex- exactly what you're talking about and uh, yeah. You know, uh, the one time I worked a six-sided ring, I'm like, don't ever throw me in one of these pieces of junk again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The ropes, like you don't get the same, you don't get the same kind of sh- like the the same kind of spring off the ropes. It's elevator cable, uh-huh. so it hurts like hell. Like, yes, yeah. Right. You guys can keep, yeah, you can keep yeah. that. <laughs> right. Okay. 
as a ref, if you're supposed to try and keep into a you know into a corner away from the action so you don't accidentally get hurt, it's like, okay, which corner do you go to here? And, you, know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you, have, you have you have no real sense of direction in it yeah. and that. Yeah, one of those so, other one least, of those other five corners. Right, exactly, exactly. I mean, at least in a four-sided ring, I know. Okay, here's the here's the far corner away from everybody, and that, so that I can still, you know, look like I'm doing my job, but I'm also out of harm's way. So, <laughs> oh, I know exactly what you're saying, my man. Uh, All right, oh, yeah, we're gonna take final questions. Uh, one from Steve, one from Katie, one from myself, and one from our caller, Billy. Oh, and Billy wants to get on. So. All right. Well, mine, mine would be, what's your worst injury? What is the worst injury you've had in the ring? I've been pretty lucky. I've been pretty lucky. Uh, Don't worry. I had, I, had a bunch of, I had a bunch of concussions. More than more than seven, three. less than more more than seven, oh. less than fifteen. Okay, you've had more than me. Less. I've only had three. I've had three. Uh, <laughs> I was uh, we were doing a three. I was doing a, a, a three way match in Canada. And oh yeah, here I'm in Canada. Uh, I'm in against, Canada. It was against Punk and against I want to say Chuck Palumbo. Okay. Holy and, shit! Uh, All right. Okay. Yeah. So it was really cool. And I got thrown in there, and about five minutes into the damn thing, I felt like somebody had hit me with a golf ball. Like, I felt like somebody threw something in from the crowd and hit me in the back of the leg. And, uh, of course, I, like, turn around like I'm going to jump in the damn crowd. And, uh, yeah, what had happened was I tore tore my calf muscle right off the bone. Oh, my God. So... God. Yeah, so that hurt it's real all, bad, and and it hurt and worse later on. Oh, absolutely. I mean, oh, shit, no. you got to think of all these people with broken necks and backs, and like you know, like remember when oh, Sid yeah. broke his leg in the re- like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. You know, oh, God. That was, so that was, I tore that off, oh. and I think I had just got back from like I was in trouble or something like that. So I had just got back on the road, so I was so scared to leave to be off the road. Right. I told I, I made the trainers like hit me with the turtle all the time and wrap it up tight. Like I just never told anybody that it was as bad as it was. I couldn't walk. Uh-huh. I couldn't hardly move. I was bruised from like my my heel, like from my heel all the way up to like right in the middle of my, my ass. It was freaking oh black God. and blue for forever. And uh, I never went. I, I never ended up getting it fixed. Really. And uh, oh. ever since then, ever since then, I've had problems like with my like my ligaments in my knees. Oh my shit! Like one was trying to do the other one. Like when I was in TNA, I, I jacked my knees up like a couple of times just doing simple like simple shit that I shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. Like oh, wow. that shouldn't have hurt me. But it it all bases off of that 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 freaking that stupid calf muscle I I ripped off that time. But I consider myself oh my extremely God. lucky. Like I had, I had like, what did I have? Like I broke my ankle, but that was in training at the very beginning. So like that don't really count. Uh, okay. I remember like I, I jacked my shoulder up pretty bad in Deep South, and I had like all those concussions. I had like, fuck, I think I had like seven or eight concussions like within two weeks. 
and I was trying to tough through it. And, uh, like, I ended up going to get checked out. I had, like, post-concussion syndrome and all this shit. Like, so I had to sit out there for, for like, I can't remember if it was, like, five months or something, which killed me. Because I was trying uh-huh. to, you know, I was trying to make it. I was trying to make it something with my life, bro. But, yeah, man, that, that freaking calf muscle. Oh, God damn, man. That was the worst. That was the worst. Mm. Like, trying to get out of bed. You can't bend it. And then once it's bent. You can't you can't unbend it. It's like oh, oh god, god. And then you're riding you're riding damn planes. You know you're on planes with stuffed in them little coach seats. So uh-huh. like your knees are bashed up against the seat anyways, and like you can't be jack about it. It's like oh, oh man, it was worst. But like oh, I said, wow. I consider myself lucky. I consider myself lucky. A lot of my friends had way worse mm. injuries. Jeez, wow. Wow. So, um, well, hey, Billy, you you got you got a you got a question you like got to anything? ask, Mike? Yeah, this one can be taken any you know either or, but you know, be it a holy shit moment or a moment where you're like, oh fuck, you know, what was the most intense moment of your wrestling career? Mm. Wow. Um. The most recent one was we were in uh, we did a we did a big show in India where I was doing stuff with uh, Kali, and Whoa, we went okay. out. The first the first matches that we did like there was two two shows. So the first show, me and Apollo and Brody Steele went out there and we beat up Great Kali, and okay. I did the concerto to him and I bu- I busted his head open. They helicoptered him out and there was like oh shit, there was like. I don't know. I think there was 35,000 people there uh-huh. for that show. And okay. the, this is what happened here. The people, I, for, I underestimated how famous he was over there. So the fans, there was an outdoor show and everything was dirt. And all of a sudden, the fans are throwing rocks at us. Oh, God. We're trying to, we're trying to leave. So there's all these freaking rocks, like, pelting all of us. And, um, oh, my God, this, this poor kid... He kicked through the rails, and he kicked Apollo in the ha- like in the hand, which didn't hurt him at all. But I saw the kid do it, and I don't really take that kind of shit. So the car, right. like the the security over there, they didn't have any guns, but they had like these four foot like bamboo rods. So okay. they're whipping, they're whipping every like all these fans. So they're whipping all these fans, and he, they're like whipping them in the face and like all this crap. And they're still like chucking like rocks and all this crap at us. So I I look over to Paul and I was like, did that motherfucker just kick you? And he's like, yeah, man. And he was kind of laughing. I was like, no fucking way. And I jumped over the thing and I jumped into the crowd. And I was trying to chase these guys down and they're all chucking rocks at me, like pelting me and shit. Like I probably should have done that. It was very scary. When I looked back and thought about it, like when I thought about it afterwards, right? But uh, right. yeah, man, uh, that was <laughs> that was kind of intense. Oh, that was the the latest one. And then uh, one time I did, I did a leg, I did a leg drop. I did a, I used to do a leg drop off the top rope, and uh, oh we were God. having this cage uh-huh. match. So we were doing this cage match, and I was like, "Boys, I'm going off the top of the cage. Do you trust me?" And they're like, "Sure." So I climb up to the damn top of the cage, and I look down. Uh-oh. I was like, oh, my God. 
I was like, this is way higher than I thought. And I was like, but I got to. But I gotta go. I gotta do it now. Like I, I'm gonna look like a pussy if I don't do that. If I don't go. So, oh my god, I was so freaking scared. I was like, so I went off the first time, and uh, oh my god, I hurt so bad. I was limping around for about a, for about a week, but I was young then, so I wasn't all beat down and broken. And then uh, after that shit, I, I would I would drop I would drop leg drops off everything I could anything I could climb up onto. We had like the 20 foot ladder one time. I did the leg drop off of that. Uh, we were doing a show like in a roller, like in a roller coaster arena, and there was um, you get on the top rope, and if you reached up, you could grab the roof, like or like an yeah. overhang. So yeah, I yeah. jumped up yeah. and I grabbed onto the roof, and I did like the I skinned the cat up there, and I did the leg drop off of there, and, like yeah, and that was like, the, but that first time I climbed up to the top of the cage and I looked down, and I was like, oh my god, I went, <laughs> what the, why the hell am I up here? Why? There's only 50 people watching. I, I mean, I, I've only the highest I've climbed fence-wise has got to be like you know when you, you're on the baseball diamond and you got where the back catcher stands that fence. I've, that's about the highest yep. I've climbed fence-wise. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, that is. We're just trying to we're just trying to get a look. We're just trying to get somebody to notice us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So we talked about some of the bad things for that. Where is the you know the your the favorite town and or arena that uh, you like to work in over the years? You know what? Just kind of selfishly, mm-hmm. uh, I lived in I lived in Phoenix. I lived in Phoenix for a bunch of years like when I was first like when I was coming up so I did a lot of my uh-huh. matches down there and yeah. uh I got the opportunity when they did Mania down there I was I was I was almost on my way out of WWE like I was kind of I was all out of shape at that that time like you know what I mean I was kind of one foot out the door right but they did Mania there and I was in that battle royal so all right. it was one of those days like where where like you walk through like the arena that they were the building, like the big toaster or whatever. Whenever uh-huh. I was training there, when I was young, when I was like 21 or whatever, I was watching mm-hmm. that stadium be built out my back window. Like I lived oh, in that wow. area of town where they were building it. Like they were building it for the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, right. man, I, I got a chance to get in there and they actually let me kick a little ass too. Like I stayed in for a long time. Like I hit the crossbody on like four or five people in my like in my hometown. Like so, my my mom and dad got to watch all my friends and like all the uh, people that that would help me out and all that crap, man. Whenever I got to do that mania down there, that shit was awesome, 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 awesome man. Wow, cool, cool. All right, Sean. Wicked. Last one. Your turn. Your turn. You're up. Yes. Work, fucker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, fucker. What was your experience with working with Bully Ray and all of the people in Aces and Eights? It was the funnest. It was the funnest time of my whole career. I bet. It was the funnest time of my career, bro. And I'll tell you why. When I was a kid, like, 
my wall to wall from the one side of the door all the way around the room to the other side was Hulk Hogan posters and Sting posters. And whenever I was trying to come up, it was like I would be watching ECW and I'd be watching the Dudley Boys against the Hardys. And I'd be watching Kurt Angle against Taz. And I'd be watching, oh, yeah. like, all these people, you know what I mean? Like, my heroes, these are the people that I, they were my heroes. They were gods to me. And I got into to, to freaking Aces and Aces. And every night, we were sitting backstage at the, at the fake clubhouse, but they were all real beers. And we were there all day, and we were drinking, and we were getting, you know, I was just talking with them and getting knowledge and just loving them more and more. And we were getting to work with people like Hulk Hogan. We got mm-hmm. to beat the shit out of Hulk Hogan. We kidnapped him and Sting. And we threw him in the thing and we put the hoods on their heads and we got to beat the shit out of them. And, like, they were so cool. And we got to work with Kurt. Like, I got to work matches with Kurt Angle and AJ Styles and, like, yeah. all these top guys. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah. you know what I mean? Half the, time, half the time I had a mask on. So nobody knew it was me, but I fucking knew. You know what I mean? And I was right. working. I was working with Sting and Bully Ray, and at, at pay per views, and we were in the main event every single night. Like even like because we were running hot there for a while. Yes, you were. And yeah. it was like, yeah, you know what I mean. So we had like I had we had the mask on, and it was like, it was. You think of it like this, like with Bully and, and Bubba, I mean, and a Devon and, and Devo and. Mr. Anderson and Wes and Garrett and Doc Gallows and Taz. These guys are like, think about like going and and doing the coolest shit that you could have never thought you would have been able to do as a kid and Uh doing it with Mm -hmm. your best friends and like doing it with the people you like to hang out with the most. And nobody's giving Uh you shit. Nobody's like, you know, if you're in the back and you're drinking some beers before the match, like nobody's bitching. You ain't going to get in trouble. Like, you go out there and you have fun matches with the legends and people that you were just in love with growing up. And, and oh, mm-hmm. dude, selfish, totally selfishly, I wish that shit would have never ended. But <laughs> hey, I, I want to say, I think it got voted. Somebody informed me that the Aces and Aces got voted as the worst faction of all time, oh, which I God. find it very hard to believe because I was also in the menagerie. Yeah. I don't know how that didn't win. But, I mean, when we first came out, when when Aces and Aces first came out, we were running hot. I want to say, like, within, I want to say, like, the fifth week or something like that, it was the best ratings that TNA had ever had. Right. And then, like, six, and then, like, six months later, it was the worst. <laughs> it was, like, the worst ratings they ever had. <laughs> but, dude, I was freaking, that was the, that was the absolute funnest time of my career. And I still talk to to almost every member of the Aces and Eights on nice. on a weekly basis. Nice. I, I freaking oh, wow. love. I love those guys. I love those guys. Oh, nice, nice. Oh my gosh. Wicked. So, yeah. Oh man, Mike, this has really been awesome. Thank you so much yes, for thank taking you so very much. the time to to thank sit here guys. and. And talk to us tonight, man. It's been a real <laughs> honor and a pleasure, man. That's Seriously. great. You know me. I like to bullshit around a little bit. <laughs> hey. Well, we're glad you do. We'd love to have, we'd love hey, to have hey, you uh, back. Be great. I want to thank you guys. 
Thanks, thanks for making it fun. Thanks for making it easy. I appreciate you guys. Uh, that's that's what hey. we do. Well, I, I well when I screened you, I said, hey, first thing I said to you, can you deal with the F word? Fuck yeah. <laughs> so I knew I knew it was going to be a good interview. So thank you. <laughs> good stuff, guys. Yeah. I appreciate y'all. I appreciate right, Mike, you too. Thank you so much. It's a great night. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Keep it up, guys. Appreciate oh, you. Thank you. You keep it up. Keep, later, keep it alligators. Up. See you later. Have All right. Crocodile. All right. Well, take this it easy, brother. Been... Hell of a show. With, uh, this yeah. has been Wrestling Authority Radio tonight with Trevor Murdoch and Mike Knox. Mike Knox giving us a lot of his time here tonight. And uh, yep. we, we want to remind you, if you're in the Springfield, Illinois area, to check out Pinfall Wrestling Association with Michael Elgin this Saturday in Springfield, yeah. Illinois. Yeah, my, yeah, yeah, you know him. You know him, Michael from Canada. You know that guy, right? Yes. <laughs> also, check out our other indie spotlight that was supposed to be here tonight but couldn't be Scott County Wrestling. They have a show next Saturday in Walcott, Iowa, if you're in that area. And if you're looking for training and you're in that area, go to the Black and Brave Wrestling Academy. Yes, this is the training school co owned by that long haired guy you see on TV on Monday nights, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Yeah, it's more than so, a yep. training facility. You know, they, they house them. They house them for like six months to a year and then move them on. Like when they're they're all caught up and shit, move them on to bigger things. So, yeah, it's more than just school. It's a family. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I watch the WWE Network. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh he it's a good it's a good school and there's a lot of good wrestling going on this weekend. If you're looking for wrestling this weekend, make sure you get out and support a great uh wrestling event this weekend and we'll thank you for doing it. And we wanna hear about yeah. it. If you go to a good event this weekend, let us hear about it. Oh hell yeah. 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 Contact us on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, we're we're there, so and we're and and we're also on MeWe as well. So yeah, um, you got three different places yes, that yes, you yes. can uh, contact us. So. Yes, you have no excuse. All right. All uh, right. Well, maybe tell everybody what time it is. <laughs> you don't have to go home, but she sure as hell can't stay here. Get the Not hell out. Get out, dog. Good night, everybody. Turn off the lights.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.